Blog Talk Radio. When the Miami Hurricanes collide with the South Carolina Gamecocks December 27th in the Duck Commander Independence Bowl in Shreveport, there will be two programs on the field trying to gather themselves, both risking further implosion by their fan bases. Al Golden has gotten himself in trouble with his silence, failing to lay out a plan for the school and the fan base after his team lost three straight games to end the season and a stunningly disappointing and underachieving 6-6 six and six campaign. Steve Spurrier got himself into a mess himself when he publicly declared his own plan to be in Columbia for only two or three more years. That has thrown a monkey wrench into recruiting coming out of a 6-6 six and six season, with opposing schools now able to guarantee recruits that they won't even get to finish their careers with Spurrier as their head coach. South Carolina has been trying to solve that problem by entering into the Will Muschamp sweepstakes, with the idea being that maybe Muschamp could again be considered a coach-in-waiting at another SEC school. The drama on two fronts is a sidelight, going into what otherwise would be a relatively meaningless bowl game between two 500 teams. The Gamecocks are coming into the game in a slightly better state of mind than the Hurricanes, having won two of their last three games to become bowl eligible. But they did lose to rival Clemson in their season finale, as Miami was getting hammered by the Pitt Panthers. The bowl game is in the first year under the sponsorship of Duck Commander, the Duck producing the television show. But nobody knows the game legs on the seventh. Somebody's going to be a winner. Somebody's going to be a loser. Six and seven. Misery. More disappointment. So as we talk tonight on a new edition of Kane Sport Live, we discuss which it is going to be for the Miami Hurricanes. Can the Canes rise from the ashes and muster up a willpower for this bowl game that they could not for Virginia and Pittsburgh? Can Al Golden regain some respect from a fan base that has been brutally attacking him for the past 10 days? Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest two hours tonight in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Once again, I'm going to request that tie up phone lines if you're not calling in to participate in the show. Um, And tonight also, I want to try to encourage everybody, keep your points tight and concise so we can fit as many people in over the course of the next two hours as humanly possible. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to provide some of the topics and questions to be addressed on tonight's show. Here's what they came up with. Will the coaches be able to get the team ready to win? Why has Miami as an institution been very reactive and lacking innovation to make this product better? Is there anything in Al Golden's resume right now to suggest that he really will fix this as Blake James so confidently claimed in his press conference on Monday? How bad does it get next year if he doesn't make changes? Doesn't James put himself at risk by supporting Golden blindly and saying he will just simply talk to him about improvements? If Golden does nothing, doesn't that indicate a glaring weakness for Blake James? How is Al Golden going to deal with all this negativity surrounding the program right now for another year? Um, after the, the fan base has just absolutely turned against him 
in the past week, largely due to his lack of action coming off the game against Pittsburgh. And then, of course, there's the Independence Bowl game itself and the U2 Part 2 documentary about to be released Saturday night on ESPN. I've started screening an advanced copy of it. I'm about halfway through it, and I'll have a column on canesport.com about the documentary tomorrow. But here's something I'm going to tell you. Those of you who have been screaming the praises of Butch Davis in the past week are going to get a lot of extra ammunition from, from this documentary coming out Saturday because it paints Davis as the hero that he was building the Miami program and shows why he w- was successful. And the overall high profile that this documentary is going to take on on ESPN Saturday night has to cast a little bit of pressure on not just the Miami coaches, but the Miami players as well, because you know they're going to be watching, and they're going to see the legacy that they're expected to live up to, and they're going to realize that what they did out there on the field against Virginia and Pittsburgh couldn't be on the opposite, couldn't be on the further opposite end of the spectrum. So, so much to talk about tonight. Let's get to the show. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Let's begin tonight in the 678. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Good evening, Gary. This is Uki08. How are you, Uki? You're kicking us off. What you got? Oh man, I want to talk a little about about little bit about recruiting and um possibility of uh replacing position position coaches. Um, first of all, I made a post this morning um talking about uh a few position coaches I thought that would fit in nicely here. Um, one was Lamar Thomas at wide receiver coach, and uh, Willie Martinez or T. Rob at deep at uh, defensive back. As well as Kevin Patrick um, for this defensive line coach. Um, I'm, you know, at this point, I'm assuming that there will be no changes made. But I'm, but I'm assuming going forward, if Golden did um, want to make uh, make changes on this staff, how how um, realistically are those candidates possibly come to Miami? And what do you think of how they will fit here? Well, I mean, the first thing I'll say is I wouldn't assume anything. I mean, I I think there's a very good chance of changes. I don't see how it's avoidable. Um, but who the candidates would be, I think it's way too soon to speculate on that because we don't know what positions will be open. Um, and until that happens, um, I'm not sure it's fair to the guys that are in those jobs, number one. And number two, it would all be a bunch of BS anyway because we just don't know. So, you know, Uki, uh, I just, you know, I, I think the names you're throwing out are great, but uh, way too early to to go there. All right, and um, in recruiting, I mean, it seems to be that uh, we just recruiting a lot of DBs and I guess going after a lot of receivers, but um, it seems to be no emphasis put on uh, the defensive line, and it seems like we're going into another uh, recruiting season where we're going to strike out on some good or um or great defensive linemen in this class. Um, are the coaches uh? have any sense of urgency on that side on the side of the ball or is it just kind of like whatever from your point of view i'm sure they have urgency i just don't think they're doing really well there right now and um you know i'm sure they're beating the bushes i'm sure they're looking at the juco ranks and and doing everything they can do right now to identify uh some defensive tackles that can come in and help the program but that's part of the problem Luki, as we've talked about all year you know it's not just coaching performance 
on the field. It's coaching performance and recruiting. And uh, they're just not in the mix for the top defensive tackles. And 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 and, and that's the problem, you know. I think that um, it, it seems that the decisions that Golden is making is not only having an effect on his career here at Miami, but the, the players as well. Um, we, we we're not seeing any we're not seeing the anybody flourishing at the defensive line since Golden has been here, and we can speculate on if the talent is just not there or the talent is not getting the proper development. But we, and at the same time, the recruitment on that side of the ball has has just been awful. And I don't see how he can ignore that and, 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 and decide that the coaches that he has in place now are making a big difference program, especially after this season. Um, I know statistically, you know, the stats tell a different story from previous years on how the how the defense has been. But we, I mean, we can throw stats out the window. This defense and this D line is is just not good. You know, it's the eye, it doesn't even pass the eyeball test by far. And I'm just wondering, like, is um, has I mean, just I guess maybe Golden has found himself between a a a, a hard rock and a hard rock place where he can't. He should have probably made the um, the moves last year, and he didn't. So, do you feel do you feel that um, it's kind of make a break regardless for him whether he makes changes or not this this coming up season? Yeah, there's no question about it. You know, and and it's a cruel business, man. When you're when you're late in, in football coaching, sometimes it's hard to recover. I mean, you know, I mean, you see what's going on around college football with all the coaching changes and things like that, and. You know, you can use Florida as a great example. You know, they're they're late to the game in addressing their quarterback situation and getting good enough skill players on the offensive side of the football, and that cost Will Muschamp his job. You know, they were good enough on defense, and um, you know, I, I think you could put Al Golden in the same situation. You know, it was screaming at him last year that he needed to make changes in in the program. Um, you know, I've said over and over, I understand why he didn't do it, but it still was screaming at him and. Uh, that's why he's in the predicament he's in today. And I, and and I, and the good thing you mentioned Florida. I think that that high whether that hire ends up being a good one for uh, Florida is going to is going to be very telling for UM because if they if, if Florida hits home run with this guy that they got now, it's going to kind of set Miami back a little bit because if, if, especially if Al Golden because it can't come through next year. And deliver a, a ten plus win season is is going is going to really really uh, hurt you him because I, I know you're not big on Fooley as an AD but he has made some bad hires but then he's also shown that he he's hit some home runs as well I mean I I will be I'm quite concerned and quite worried that um, the guy that they have hired now. Um, is able to uh, bring that type of success back to Florida because that can absolutely hurt you women recruiting uh, going forward. But um, that's all well, I have. You know, uh, before before you hang up, though, you know, one thing that I say about him is he doesn't always make the right moves, but he's willing to make the moves he needs to make, and um, that makes him a good athletic director, even though he does make mistakes sometimes uh, in the hiring process. Uh, will this one be a winner? Um, I don't think you'll know for a few years, but I will say this: you got Florida State in the mix for the, another national title, 
And Florida has picked up a lot of momentum in recruiting by making this move. Um, Miami's the one right now that's sitting back and sliding back into the third chair amongst the big three in the state of Florida when it comes to momentum going into recruiting this year. All right, Uki, um, thank you so much for being part of the show. You got it, man. We'll talk to you again. Um, Just so everyone knows, our next show after this is going to be after the bowl game. Um, We're going to let everyone catch their breath for a couple weeks and sort of detox a little bit, and then we'll see what happens in the Independence Bowl, and we'll come back after the bowl game with another Kane Sport Live. Um, All right, so um, the number is 646-595-2048. If I sound a little goofy tonight, bear with me. I've been um, trying to recover from a cold. Um, but I'm going to fight through this show. Not a problem at all. Um, just might sound a little hoarse every now and then or something, but um, got the cough drops here and everything, and uh, we'll keep it going. Let's go now to the 205, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Uh, uh. <laughs> What's up, Slaughter? What's up, man? How you feeling, Gary? Ah, it's a little shitty, man. I caught this little cold, but, uh, you know, we're tough. We're you tough, and uh, we're bouncing back. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good. Won the state championship last Friday, this past Friday. You know, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, thank you on that. I just got a couple of questions. Uh, a couple of questions I want you to ask. You can ask them, answer them pretty quick. Um, I, I was looking at, our, I was looking at our, um, our commitment, and I looked at our team ranking on rivals. How do y'all determine, you know, how do y'all determine, like, these the, – um, you know, pretty much the top 25 on y'all recruiting. Because I see we had like um, 10 um, four-star guys committed, and we like like 15. And it's like a couple of teams ahead of us got the same, you know, amount of commitment, you know, and they're ahead of us. How do y'all determine that? Well, it's it's based on the quality of players on the, on the um, commitment list. And what happens is the rival team spends, the you know, year-round, beginning really when these kids are sophomores, and evaluates pretty much every top player in the country and assigns them numerical rankings and star rankings. And then um, there's a computer program that sorts it all out, and as teams sign players, um, it tabulates points. And um, so that's how the team rankings are figured out. It's based on the quality of the commitments. Okay, okay. Um, um, another one other question. Um, do you think the um, the 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 U Part Two document will help in recruiting, or would it kind of well? Hurt? Absolutely, it's going to help, and it, it potentially could help in recruiting. But I'll tell you what, it's also going to be a wake up call for those kids on that football team right now, because the yeah, thing that comes through loud and clear, the thing that comes through loud and clear, and I'm only halfway through it right now. I'm going to finish it after the show, but um, and I'll have a I'll have a column on it tomorrow morning. But, um, you know, the thing that comes through to me, loud and clear, is how those kids stand the ownership of the football team. And, you know, it didn't matter who the coach was. It didn't matter whether it was Butch Davis. It didn't matter if it was Larry Coker. They took ownership of themselves and made sure that they did the right things that they needed to do to be successful on Saturdays. The team today is not doing that. And, and that's a, you know, A, it's not as talented as those teams were, no question about it. But B... It's not taking ownership of itself the way it needs to. Do you think some of the kids that they recruit don't just ha- um, doesn't have that personality? Because a lot of the guys, you know, they recruited had that type of fire about themselves. You know, because um, like I said, I remember a lot of these guys when I was in high school going on with on recruiting visits. Like you know, like the Will- Willie Williams kid, he was pretty much a buzz, but just like just the mentality. Um, like um, Meriwether, like 
guys like that that I went, you know, when I was doing my recruiting visiting camps and stuff like that, they had a different type of, you know, a different type of, you know, swagger about themselves, you know, and it's kind of, and you can tell on the field, some of these guys, you, you know, uh, it's just like they just going through the motions. They don't have that fire. There's a couple of guys, and them your main guys like Duke and Denzel, they got that it factor. A lot of these guys seem like they're kind of like some followers. Well, you know, Denzel had the like a, a guy like Denzel. He had the it factor um, as performance-wise, but yeah. he wasn't the vocal leader of some of those guys that played, you know, back then. That's that's true. That's true. That's true. You know, I'm gonna keep it short. Uh, my next question. I read I read something. Uh, I read a column about Blake James and the statement. Um, you know, about the state of the program and I going by being this guy. So can you elaborate a little bit more about him saying uh, giving more money to, for coaches, like spending more money for assistant coaches and coaches and things of that nature? Well, he has said that now on multiple occasions, um, an indication that he's willing to give Al Golden a bigger budget for assistant coaches if that's what he needs. You know, Miami's in whatever-it-takes mode right now. You know, this program's been out of the, the limelight now for 10 years, and it just can't keep accepting that and and i you know i think i think blake james's onus is to do whatever his head coach tells him he needs to do um you know because if al golden's not successful next year um everyone's going to be wanting to make a change there so uh you got to give him the whatever he thinks he needs within reason obviously i mean you know if if he needs to replace a coordinator who's making six hundred thousand with a coordinator who's making eight hundred thousand you got to find the 200 for him, you know. If he needs an extra guy in the weight room, if he needs an extra mental coach or whatever, you got to find the money for that. Um, obviously, they need to do get get heavy into fundraising for an indoor practice facility. I think that'll you know move to the front burner here in the next year. Um, so a lot to be done, but the biggest thing is you got to give Al Golden the resources he tells you he needs. Um, because you're going to be judging him on his performance next year, and you don't want it to be because he says you didn't do what I told you we needed to do. Yeah, but I, like like you said before, he has to go after. He can't just go after anybody. He has to go out of, after some guys that can recruit. That's the main thing right there is recruiting. So uh, like I said, the T. Rob guy from Flo, um, you know, from from Florida, I think he needs to give him whatever he asks, and you know, try to find you know. One or two more guys that's pretty good recruiters may have to still, you know, try, just throw some dollars and steal them off the staff or something. But yeah, but thank you for elaborating on that. I got two more questions. I'm gonna let you get to somebody else. Um, do you think? Um, do you think if going and um, say if he don't make any changes, say well, I'm gonna stick with my guys. These are my guys. Um, say the team started out struggling the first half of the season. Do you think they would get? Do you think they would get rid of him mid-season next year? If that is that no. if that's the case, no. Don't, that's not Miami style. Miami doesn't do that. Um, okay. You know, when have you seen a coach fired in the middle of the season? Well, you know, Kiffin. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking about at Miami. Oh, no, no. It doesn't accomplish much. True. Um, my last question, Gary, this, uh, it's not about Miami football. What, what's your take on them putting um, Ohio State in the, in the playoffs in front of um, Baylor and TCU? I think it's, I think it was a – uh, a labels move, like far as just the name brand. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I think that's the weakest conference in the one of the weakest conferences in the country, right there. Um, yeah, I think that was some and, BS, and, man. Yeah, it wasn't right. It wasn't right, and I agree with you. There was a lot of posturing in that process this year, 
and I think it's something that's going to have to be cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, man. But like I said, man, I'm gonna let some let more McCain's guys get on today. Um, you know, I hope you get better, Gary. And you, you got know, it, Slaughter. Um, Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. Thanks for being part of the show. Um, oh yeah. One thing. Yeah, one thing I did want to point out about Traverse Robinson because that's a name that everybody brings up constantly. Um, there's a strong likelihood that Florida is going to keep him, and he's not going to go out on the open market. So um, just keep that in mind as you, you throw that name. Around. Let's go out now to the two four zero. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is uh, D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing this week? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I see you got a little cold there. <laughs> oh man, I'm hurting here, but I'm all right. I'm I'm sucking it up for the Kings Nation. That's cool. We'll get we'll get this a, show done. That's right. I got a few things. I got a few things. I was reading the article you posted. Uh, ah, what's the brother name? The D Bat Johnson. Is that his name from Killian? Yeah, Jacquez Johnson, yeah. It's Jacquez, yeah. Man, I was reading I was reading the article where Golden stated uh he he knows what it means he knows what it means to be a Miami hurricane. And I'm wondering, does Al Golden truly knows what it means to be a Miami hurricane? Like I'm questioning that. Like I'm really questioning that he really knows what is what it really means to be a cane. And maybe Hopefully he watched the U2 here to understand it, a better understanding of what this program means to the South Florida community. And um, it's funny you mentioned something about Bruce Davis, because I was talking to, not too long ago, like over the summer, I was talking to a D-tackle that played for uh, Coach Davis in North Carolina, Marvin Marvin Austin. He played uh, for Blue High School up in up in yep. D.C. Very good we defense talking. Yes, he was. And Miami was recruiting him, but, hey, Bush Davis got him. So he told me, he was like, yeah, he said, you know, he said, Bush will always talk about how how it was at Miami, how he loved it. And he, he said, he said, he said, college football is lucky he's still not at Miami. He said, because it would be unfair, because they would never lose. And he said, yeah, you know. I don't he, disagree he said with he that. Ne- he said he would never lost. And he said, in some foreseen world, he said, he always say if he ever went back, he said he would just rewrite history again. And and it's funny you said that tonight in your statement about how it's gonna give us more, more fire, more fuel to the fire. Everybody screaming the Butch chant when we watch the YouTube and just hearing it from a, a a player that he coached say. College football is lucky he never he left Miami. Well, you know, I I think when you look at the team he put together and and where it was going, had he stayed, there, there was no end in sight. I mean, I really believe that. I don't I don't think he would have gotten complacent or anything like that. I I think the guy, you know, really developed uh, a, a know how about what he was doing, and by by those third, fourth, and fifth and, and sixth years, man, he he had it rocking and. Uh, really turned it around very quickly, which is something that you know you might not think about very much, but it, it really comes through in the documentary um, how quickly he made it happen. And uh, I yeah, don't know if, he, if if a change is ever made, I don't know if he would be a serious candidate or not. I, I don't know if the university would go back there, um, but you definitely can't question uh, his capability uh, to possibly uh, get it done very quickly. No doubt about it. 
and you made a comment. You said, you know, those, those players took owners of the program. And back then, those players were so, they worked so hard because they were afraid of losing their position. They knew if they got hurt or they lacked off that, there's opportunity they would never get on the field again. And not to mention, they had a bunch of hard-ass coaches, a bunch of hard-nosed coaches that would rip them a new, you know what, didn't matter who you were. Forget the coaches. If a guy went went half ass in a drill on the practice field, he had to answer oh, yeah. it. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, Brooks didn't play no favorites. Like, you know, like with the whole quarterback situation, Ken Kelly, Ken Dorsey. Like, yo, the best man going to play. Something as that. And, and I think that's what we're missing, man. It's never, you know, I, I really don't see our, our coaches – Whip a guy for blowing an assignment, like really tear him a new asshole. Like you don't see that. Butch Davis, I, the infamous. I remember that. seeing it the whole season. Exactly, you know. Infamous, I mean, Butch was infamous for that. It didn't matter who you were; he was gonna let you know you messed up. Don't let it happen again. If you do, hey, your scholarship. Mate. Remember Jimmy Johnson. When he's a couple, remember Jimmy Johnson, uh, Michael Irvin said say Jimmy was coming to the meetings talking about, I'm looking for scholarships today. I'm, I'm looking to take scholarships. <laughs> that, that's what we need. That, that, that's what we need that. Look at Nick Saban. Nick Saban is a hard ass. You, we may not like him, but you got to respect him. Look, Urban Meyer, we don't like him, but you got to respect him. They're hard asses that can coach and develop talent. We don't have no developers. We we have nobody on this staff, really, on the defensive side anyway, that can develop our five-star players. Tracy Howard is a five-star. He looks like a two-star now. Deion Bush. Yeah, but in fairness, he was overrated. He shouldn't have been a five-star. Well, I'm just going by what rivals ranked him. I'm just going by what rivals ranked him. Okay, let's take Chad Thomas. Let's take Chad Thomas. Let's take Chad Thomas. Okay, let's take Chad Thomas. He wasn't overrated. He had zero sacks this year. I know. Didn't develop at all. No. It's unbelievable, so, Gary. And I'm, you know, we'll, see, we'll see what happens, Zuki. Something's got to give, you know. Yeah, we, we'll see. I mean, you know, we'll definitely see. And um, I don't know what to expect out of the bowl game, Gary. I really don't. I'm just like, I'm just hoping they show up and give 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 forth a good effort. But, um. That's all I got tonight, Gary. I don't want to keep you long. I know you're not feeling right, man, well. Hey, have, a, want... have a great holiday. Thanks for being part of the show all season long, and uh, we'll keep check home, back Gary. after the bowl game. You got it. All right, all right. Black. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. The number. Let's go now to the eight four five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing, Greg? What's up, Greg? How you doing this week? Great. Uh, I got a couple questions. Um, what are you hearing about some of these kids at Redshirt? Did any of them impress anybody? In, uh, are you hearing any good things about any of these kids? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there have been some good reports. Let me um, pull the roster up in front of me here, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go down and, and throw out some of the guys uh, to you that, that may have done well on the scout team. Um Bear with me here. You know, Malik Rozier did a decent job as as a scout team quarter, uh, quarterback. Um, you know, I heard, heard some good things about him. I don't think he's anywhere close to re- ready to play 
or anything like that, but um, he did a d- decent job. Uh, Demetrius Jackson is one who's is one name that that came up um, quite a bit. Uh, Christopher Herndon as a tight end um, is another one that supposedly did phenomenally um, on the scout team. Um, let's see. Um, I mentioned Jackson. Um, so I, you know, those are probably you know the main guys because so many of the young kids were were on um, you know play, playing on the first and second teams. I mean, Daryl Langham, you could probably include him in there. Kyrie Brady, um, another freshman receiver, probably could be fairly thrown in there. David Njoku, big wide receiver who might eventually grow into an H back tight end. Um, he looked pretty good on scout team. Um, so those are probably the guys, maybe Anthony Moten um, as well, and, and Jelani Hamilton to a lesser degree. Um, those would probably be the guys that I would single out. Okay. Next point. I, I read your uh, piece today about this uh, Devontae Phillips and this kid Jones. Yep. Um, do you think they offered Jones to try to influence Phillips? I think it helped, you know, and I, and I think the other thing helping Jones is he's a mid-year entry kid, and they can count back into last year uh, with that scholarship. So a uh, combination of the two. Um, Jones was a kid that was committed to FIU. Um, you know, my personal opinion is they have to get to the point where they stop taking these kind of guys who might not be good enough and are just taking up roster spots. But I don't want to diminish Jones. Maybe he is a diamond in the rough and comes in and is a great player. But, uh, you know, we've seen this before with guys like Larry Hope, for example, and and things like that. And, um, you know, I don't know, man. You know, uh, the the ranking process is not an exact science. But, you know, a two-star kid committed to FIU, um, you know, you have to think might be a little bit of a reach from Miami. But I do think that, yes, that that is part of the equation. I think they really want Devontae Phillips. They feel he can be an impact wide receiver. All right. And, uh, and then I read another piece about Sam Bruce begging to get offered by Oregon. I mean, noticed by Oregon. Yeah, I saw so that. that. That's unbelievable. Well, well I mean, so early if you want to jerk around. What are you yeah, just no, waiting? No argument from me on that one, Ken, but um you know, I don't know how much stock I really put in that. Uh you know, Sam Bruce has always been a Miami or Florida State kind of kid. He picked Miami. Uh long way to signing day next year. Um but you know, sometimes these kids just are looking to have a little fun. All right. One last point. Do you believe a six and sixteen I'm not just talking Miami deserves a ball game. Aren't there too many ball games? Well, it depends. You know, if you're a fan of college football and you want games to watch through the month of December, no, there aren't too many. You know, every night you got a ball game on TV. Um, for guys that like to watch football, that's a great thing. Um, are all of them going to be as uh, scintillating as you would like them to be? Probably not. But also at the same time, you're kind of pairing teams of equal abilities with each other. Uh, so those can be competitive games. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, can you just keep me on hold? I appreciate it. Thank you, Gary. You got it. You, you got it, Ken. Thanks for being part of the show. 
All right, um, 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the 850. You're now live on King Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, going twice, you're out of here. All right, let's go now out to um, the 773, where you're now live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's Billy from Austin. How are you? Hey, what's up, Billy? How you doing this week? Good. We uh, we spoke the last couple of weeks, and you know, D Black brought up a uh, a real good point. Something I talked about two weeks with you is, you know, we've seen a little bit of the clips of the U part two, and you know, you can elaborate a little bit. I'm assuming that those guys refused to lose, and they probably were scared to lose. Is that a fair assessment? Well, once they got good enough, yeah. Now, and I think that, and, and, and remember, you're just right now. You're just talking about the first part of the documentary. I'm I'm about halfway through yeah. right now, and um, you know Miami's uh, just won the national title in the 2001 Rose Bowl. So there's a sure. lot more to this documentary um, than just the rise under Butch Davis, and it kind of moves through things pretty quickly. Um, but yes, in that first part of the documentary, um, it's very evident that the players took control of their own football team and their own fate. So it, so it's more of a player thing than the coaches coming down on the kids, kind of like we talked about with Nick Saban. Those kids don't want to let Nick Saban down. They don't, they're afraid to lose. That's, I think, something that's significantly missing right now from Al. Well, I think Butch um, was very much like that. Butch was very Nick Saban-like back in those years. Yes. And I think that when Butch left, Larry Coker really wasn't like that, and I think that's why you saw some slippage. I mean, it, it, I think well, you could – you could take from that show um, the mindset that these types of football players, they need a strong head coach. Um, they need a head coach that's going to demand excellence from them in every area. And if you, and if they have that, then they'll take it from there um, yes. themselves. But um, Correct. You know, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was trying to get at a couple of weeks ago is, you know, if if it's soft from the top, the players are going to feed off that and, and being six and six. And you listen to some of these kids' comments, you know, after the game, how they were, we lose to Virginia and they're proud of the way that some of the young guys play. That would never have been said back, you know, from the 2001 team or some of the good teams. And that's, but that's, that's, that's a reflection of the top leader. And that's, that's, you know, part of the argument that we have. Now on that note, let me kind of transitional. This was my original question before I heard D black. Um, you made a comment very early said that Miami's in, do whatever it takes, mode, Correct. Uh, it's after ten, it after ten years, like at least when, when the athletic okay. director talking, you know. Sure. So, if they're if they're openly admitting that mode from a business, you know, perspective, if he's willing to spend, and Al's made it clear so far that nothing's going to be changed there's clearly a disconnect there, or, or am I wrong in reading into that too much? I, I think you're reading too much. I mean, a lot of people, um, and, you know, I had the opinion on this also, don't like the timeline right now. They felt Al Golden should have made some moves right after the Pittsburgh game. Um, but there has been no definitive statements one way or the other whether there's going to be moves made or not and changes made um, in the coaching staff. And um, obviously that's not going to happen until after the bowl game. Uh, of course, but it's more so of they have the money, they're willing to spend it, and he's saying it for a reason because clearly, as he stated himself, 
six and six is not good enough. So the disconnect where I'm getting at is they have they're, they're willing to, to to do whatever it takes, but what they are currently moving forward with programming. You want to take out two wins against FCS teams. I mean that's a we wouldn't under the old format, Gary. We would we wouldn't be bowl eligible. I mean you needed six wins against bowl eligible, you know, against FCS teams. So yeah. help me understand how we're willing to spend, but the man that's willing to spend is not forcing it down the head coach's throat. Um, I, I don't think the final a... chapter has been written yet. Okay. I don't, you know, I, um, I don't, I, I mean, I think we have to be fair and, and let the final chapter be written. Um, like I said, nobody likes the timeline right now. And, and I think all those opinions are very justified, but I think, you know, you got to let this thing play out here over the next, you know, well, three. Okay. But, but let's, let's, stay on that on that word that you just said let it play out every school not every school a lot of schools inferior programs to miami's brand are making changes the day after and weeks after and here we are limping into a bowl game saying well if we win oh it's great al's a hero you know we're renewed trending up all that garbage but if we lose then oh you know what as of Virginia, losing to Virginia and Pittsburgh weren't bad enough when we go in against an SEC team now. I mean, well, how, you know, uh, they uh, use the term deserve victory. I, I, I think there's a little bit too much terrible. of accepting, accepting defeat, you know? You don't deserve and, victory. You earn it. That, the whole mess, that, that message alone drives me nuts. You don't deserve victory. You earn victory. Well, I think that's what the phrase means, but... I, I agree that there's too much acceptance of defeat in this program right now. Let me shift gears. I know it's only a two-hour show, so I want to keep it short like you asked. On a similar note with Blake James, I guess it's, it's a two-folded question, then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let somebody else get on. Do you, are you conv- – now, again, he's a, he came on your show about a month or two ago, Gary. He's an executive to the team, and, and that came through loud and clear. Is he really sold on Al Golden, in your opinion, or is he just saying those things because, like we talked about last week, me and you, this is Donna's decision, and she doesn't want to make the decision now? I I think he's in agreement with Donna's decision. Is he sold on Al Golden? Uh, you know, if I don't, how can anybody be sold on Al Golden right now? Al Golden has to make people be sold on Al Golden. Um, that but, didn't but, happen but this you, year. But when you get the public support and it's a, such a, a frou-frou approach from the AD, the same approach that I'll take. You know, it's, oh, it's all right, it's on me, we'll be all right. You know, Blake, there's no pressure or fear, you know, from Blake either. Yeah, we've got to get, we need, I want us to get better. I want, oh, I want to win a million dollars too. It's not that I need a million dollars. We need to get better as a completely different state. So you said that the, the problem goes way up top, but is he playing the executive card? and just doing what's right for the company because of the change? Or is he really with Al, and, 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 and does he really believe the words that are coming out of his mouth? I, I, you know, I think he's with Al. I think he wants to support Al. I think he's going to do everything he can do to give Al a chance. Um, I don't believe he nor anybody else in the upper hierarchy of the university right now could be classified as being sold on Al Golden because of the failures of the season, and so if, you know, if, I, if nobody sold, then how how is he still having? That's my, that's what all of us are trying to understand. If nobody is sold, 
because he, he's, man. he's only had four years, and I think that there is a, a feeling up top that he deserves his fifth year. He deserves five. After um, partic- regressing by as much as we did? Well, particularly when you factor in the NCAA issues. If there was no Nevin Shapiro, um, I'm not sure he would have survived this year. Okay, fair enough. And then the last thing with the Blake James thing is there is a lot of noise from fans. You know, every time Blake James tweets, he gets blasted. Every time anything comes up, nobody cares about the volleyball games that are going into the fourth set. They're turning it towards Golden. How is the university going to go through another year and honestly set Al Golden up for success with what they've, you know, with this monster that they've created of hatred towards the, the program and that man? Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think a lot's going to depend on what happens in the bowl game. I think that's that's the start of it, and I think you know, a, a good performance in the bowl game will calm everybody down for a little bit. And then, of course, it's going to be the evaluation he does of the program and potential moves he makes. And and that's where he's going to be judged here over the next month or two. You mean Al or Blake? Or both? Uh, Really both. (laughs) You know, I I mean, more Al than Blake. I mean, Blake can only do so much. He's, He's taken his orders from the president. The president has set the policy. We're not firing the coach. So now it's Blake's job to work with the current coach and give him the best chance to be successful. And I think he'll try to do that, you know, as long as something that's not out of the realm of possibility put on his plate, you know, but, but or, you know, put in front of him. It, but if Al's reasonable in, in what he requests and Blake can accommodate it, he's going to do it. Okay. I mean, does, I mean, do you get a, I mean, do you get a feeling that the school has a genuine pulse of how bad the situation is from, the fans, which trickles down to recruits on how that by maintaining him for a year could actually set them back even further? I mean, is that something that you you, you sense that they actually have a grasp on, or do you think that they think the fans are bluffing and that they're not going to come to the no, game? I, I think they do have a sense. The recruiting aspect of it, I don't think that trustees and administrators really have the foundation to have a lot of opinions on recruiting. Um you know, I th- I think that they expect good football players to want to come play for Miami, um, no matter what. You know, when we talked about Butch Davis earlier in the show, his best recruiting was done when Miami had an NCAA cloud and was finishing five and six in in, in um, '97. So, okay. you know, okay. So, so his recruiting was done with the cloud, yet the university now is accepting the cloud as Golden's excuse. It just makes no sense. I'm not sure they're accepting it as an excuse. I, I think that they're acknowledging that because of it, they feel he deserves another year to get this straight. Okay, and then one, one the question that I, I okay, there's a difference. Yeah, I, I do, I, I do. You know, I think of, of like you know, Florida. You know, Muschamp has the same record as Golden. I understand the cloud um, it has an impact, especially like I said. You know, my you know, I'm a a college coach, I, I understand, you know, the ramifications of of recruiting. Um, I, I just, it, it, for me, it's not so much Gary that he doesn't deserve a fifth year. I, I completely agree the cloud justifies that, but it's when you look at the pattern and the body of work, it is not going in the right direction, and, it, and it's baffling that the only people that don't see that 
regardless of the cloud or not, is the administration the one that actually has the final say. I mean, we can see through it loud and clear as fans, and we're, we're not football experts. And that's where my question last week came up is, is it because they're frugal of his buyout and the contract that they made the mistake on? Or is I don't it that think they it's the money in, in this case. I don't think it was – I, I think that the buyout um, was is not the reason he's back. I think the reason he's back is they feel they owe him this fifth year. Okay. You know, Florida gave Muschamp four, but he went, you know, he went uh, four and eight, and then six and five. You know, back and to back years. Exactly. You know, he, or, or he was in the Sugar six Bowl, six, or six and five. He was in yeah. the Sugar Bowl, and he re- and he regressed ever since the Sugar Bowl. Al well, has never been impressive. He's never had a great season, and even with the nine wins last year, his defense was, you know, I mean, you can throw us all the great stats to Joe Rose that you want. But the eyeball test is everything that we need to see, and we're not stupid as fans that he's not trending in the right direction the way he claims all these these stupid you know facts that he that he tries to to spin to the audience that's not buying it anymore. I mean, the beginning, yeah, it was great, you know, it was too early to tell, but now that's that's where I think the hatred comes in is the way he goes about his business instead of going up there saying, you know what, we regress, it's not good enough, I'll fix it. This is how I'm going to do it. Boom, 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 boom. It's Dead silence from Al. I'm disappointed. It was a mistake. You know, he should have come out on Sunday and been very strong in his statements, and, and he chose not so, to. And, but and it was a mistake. From, from, but from the school, it, people that make decisions, I mean, they, first of all, they should have coached him through it. Second of all, the fact that, that they allowed that, and they still feel loyal you know, to, to give him that fifth year, that, that, that that's where I think the – the concern to the buyout comes in, for, at least from my standpoint, is they're continuing to let this man run wild, do whatever he wants, and in setting the program back further and further while the, the neighbor school is competing, is going now for our all-time streak, you know, with 29 wins in a row. And they're calling your recruits. They're coming after well, everyone. And, and, Mark Wall and, and, and they all, should. And, and on down. Yeah. Well, thankfully, they can only take 20. You know, there's only so many spots when they're going on a national level. But my point is, you know, I, I don't know. And I don't want to, you know, take too much time. But now now I have one last question. I'm looking online here, and I see pictures of Golden in home with that tight end today. Are you getting any sense, Gary, that he is working his tail off, as he always says now, you know, maintaining these current recruits, which he should be doing, which I think is he's actually doing the right thing there. Is he still potentially job shopping behind the scenes? And if it doesn't work out, that's why he's working his tail off right now. Job shopping, I don't know. But what they are doing from a recruiting standpoint is working real hard on the on the mid year entry kids, trying to lock them up, yes. get get plans in place for them to come onto campus um, over the next month. Um, that's where the recruiting focus is mostly right now. As it should, like I said, he's 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 dead on with what he's doing from that perspective. But my point is, is do you are you sensing any rumblings or, or speculation that he? Okay, well, yeah, I don't know. Think well, that's any jobs right now that are open that he would be a candidate for. Fair enough. I could go on all night. I appreciate you giving me the time. I'll uh, keep me on hold, and then I'll look forward to uh, post bowl game hopping back on. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go now to the three forty seven. You're now live on Hey, Gary, what's up, man? This is Kwame. How are you? What's up, Kwame? How you doing tonight? I'm uh I'm disturbed, Gary. I'm I, I really am. I'm 
because I, I listened to Al Golden's little presser and I've uh, been reading articles, and I was expecting to wake up Sunday and, and you know, hear and read news articles that Miami's in the running for Will Muschamp or Mike, you know, uh, or Jeremy Pruitt or some big-name established D coordinator to light a fire under their asses in South Florida. And what I'm hearing is the definition of insanity. We keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, and yeah, I guess you see Texas, Texas A&M after Muschamp, Auburn's after Muschamp, South Carolina's after Muschamp. You're making a, a, a extremely high-quality point, Kwame. Why is it the University of Miami, in the situation that it, it's in, reaching out to these elite coaches in college football right now and trying to see if they can upgrade? With all respect I, I, I to the people it. that are in the jobs right now, um, and, and, and I've said it a million times, I like Mark D'Onofrio, the, the man. Um, I don't think he's good enough as a coach to usher in the resurgence of this program. And, you know, it's not just Will Muschamp. I mean, you got Bo Pelini out there uh, floating around um, who's had a lot of success as a defensive coach, and there'll be more. Um, and I think you're right. I, I think Miami should be um, at least making an attempt to interest those guys. You know, I, I took for argument's sake, I took a look back uh, at, you know, the 2010 candidates for this job uh, when Randy Shannon got fired. And God help us, I would rather have Mark, uh, Stoops right now than Golden. Uh, if you look at what Stoops is doing at Kentucky, of all places, What's he doing? Granted, they were six, six and six, but then yeah, they went six and six. There's a culture. I mean, he's actually yeah. recruiting the Ohio area, and he knows what. Love him or hate him, they play defense. Uh, he's a defensive mind. Uh, given the four years that we've been in mediocrity, and I'll and I'll grant you the Nevis Shapiro fiasco with the NCAA. But I know another program, uh, you know, about 4,000 miles away in Southern California that had some similar issues, okay? They were still able to recruit elite defensive linemen from Florida, I might add, okay? Leonard Williams is from the quote-unquote state of Miami up in there in Tampa, and he's playing uh, for Southern Cal because they were able to recruit, you know? And I just have an issue with us doing the same thing with the same coaches, and, and Al not giving any explanation to that. I know you're probably going to get at least 25 more callers tonight who are going to pretty much sound off on the same theme, but are there any hope for, you know, fans like me who fell in love with Al Blades, who fell in love, you know, with, with uh, Jim Jackson and Edwin James, those type of hard-edged players who brought some passion to the game, and, and, and who would let America know this is South Florida and this is how we do it down here. I don't see Al Golden recruiting those dogs, okay, those those guys with that dogged mentality that when you come across that middle, you're going to feel it. I, I, I don't see that out there on the field. I, I see us running these gap-sound defensive schemes, and I, I don't see him adapting in-game. Uh, I don't see his assistants adapting in-game enough to to make um, you know to make up deficits and to make this program you know turn around. 
And I guess for a, a, a wayward fan like me who's just about had it, I mean, I really have. Like, I fell in love with Miami as a teenager, Gary, in 1998. And you, those were still some coming out of the sanctioned years. And I, and I was able to go to college. I didn't go to Miami, but I was able to follow them from afar. And by golly, after the 2000 season when, you know, they came back against Florida State, that was it. I was in for life, you know. And to go to the pinnacle in the mountaintop and to watch this team year after year after year after year from 2001, it's been a steady decline, okay. And there hasn't – and I, I partly – I don't even blame, you know, part, most of this on Al Golden. I really don't. Do you know who I put this blame on? Who? My number one culprit, Gary, guess who? Don't know who. Donna, Donna Shalala. Nah, that's that's. I, am, uh, I don't I agree. Blaming, I don't agree with you guys. You guys that say that, me, I don't. I don't agree with that. Donna Shalala let me prove my has point. nothing to do with that. I'm any blaming other. the administration and the trustees for letting the program get to this point. Well, their blame is not reinvesting. That's their blame. That, that's my I point, Gary. That, that's my point. I don't point. believe they lost six games this year, um, Kwame, because. Donna Shalala didn't reinvest enough money in the program. I I, I don't buy it. No, no. But let me just say this. We we went on the cheap for Al Golden, okay? Al Golden came on the cheap in 2010. They weren't willing to go out there and grab a coach. Uh, uh, That's my point. The administration for the past 14 to 15 years has taken it for granted. They have taken the program for granted and not reinvested. And we've let other schools... Highest paid coach in Miami football history. I'm sorry? Al Golden's the highest paid coach in Miami football history. That's a problem right there. He, that's not he going, got more money going, than, than, going, than, than Butch Davis? Uh-huh. Now, Butch Davis is gone. For, you're talking about that, now, I, I, I blame the administration even more. You're uh-huh. overpaying and getting under-delivered to you're well, overpaying a guy. It's a different market. Go ahead, I'm sorry, Gary. That's it's a different market, but he's not. I mean, you can't say they're going on the cheap. I mean, Al, Al Gold is the highest-paid head coach in Miami football history. Mark, uh, Mark D'Onofrio and James Coley are the two highest-paid coordinators. Um, well, Mark Whipple made five hundred thousand dollars, also. Um, but but they're not going on the cheap. They're paying more now. They're not paying as much as some of the SEC schools. Yeah, I but, mean, SEC schools are averaging $3 million a year. Al Golden is not there yet. I, 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 and truth be told, if he, if he keeps performing like this, he will never be. But I guess my, my question is, I, I'm going on a little bit of a rant here. How do we sell 6-6 six and six to the 2015 and 2016 classes? Like, well, you, you're what, selling opportunity, opportunity to come in and play. The school's the same. You're selling the opportunity to come in and play. Are you hearing right. anything from Blake besides the status quo? Like, I mean, I, I, no, read the, the interviews online. Read, read the interview. He, you know, I mean, it is what it is. People didn't like it. They were looking for more. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. The fact that we we're still go, we're going into another season with the same guys, expecting what? But, you know, but Blake's different? a little screwed here. Blake's in a no-win situation, quite honestly. Please explain. Well, I mean, he he takes his orders from the president that's dictated the policy, 
and he's implementing the policy. Um, he's got a he's got an angry fan base. He's got to deal with. Um, he's got a angry and yeah, angry boosters. I consider that part of the fan base. He's he's got a head coach that he's got to allow to do his job until it's de- decided that he's not the head coach anymore. If that's decided, so he's kind of like a little trapped a little bit now. Can he lean on him a little bit in the right way to make some changes? Sure, he can. And he's kind of telling you that he's going to do that. He's going to give Al his opinions. You know, I think we just got to see what happens. I don't think we know what's going to happen. We well, I'm going to tell you this: let that team go out there and get beat by a six and six subpar South Carolina team. Oh, I know. Uh, it's on the seven on the year, it's going to be. It's going to be. Uh, it'll be horrible around here. Let 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 take that into a recruiting uh, to sign in day, okay? Yep. And, and 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 tell me what happens because I I, I can it, I can guarantee back on recruiting. You know, it's, everybody it's thought they're recruiting right now. You know, they're negative recruiting like crazy. And and that and that's an issue. It, you know, a couple of months ago, uh, it was we were getting negative recruited on because of the NCAA issues. Now we and now it's the, the worst slap in the face. They're telling you, you can't coach. How many first-rounders yep. do you have? You know, how many second-rounders do you have on your defense, Al Golden? None. None. It, I mean, and it's sad. Right. It's, it's right, Kwame, let me let sad. some other people get on here, okay? Um, but, you know, thank you so much, as always, for the for the phone call. Have, have a great holiday season, and uh, check back in after the bowl game. We'll see what happens. Take care, brother. All right, man. Thanks as always. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We're nearing the midway point of the show, and let's go now to the three oh five, where you're now live on King Sport Live. How you doing tonight? How you doing, Jeff? Doing good. Who's this? This is David Gainesville. What's up, David? How you doing tonight? I put the blame on this administration, Gary. All those times we were going to big bowl games and making money for the school. They never invested a dime in this program. Mm -hmm. It's horrible that the Hex Center is, it looks like it's from the 1960s. No, not really. The Hex Center is still in decent shape. The Schwartz Center is very nice, uh, but they're late to the game. But but again, like I just said to Kwame, I I think that's an excuse. I don't, I agree with, with, unquestionably, they didn't reinvest the way they needed to. But that's not why they lost six games this year. No, but you know why they lost six games this year, Gary? It's because for the last four years, how many times do I have to sit up here and watch this crap that they're lackadaisical, no motivation, no defense. They're getting pushed. They're on roller skates. The offense comes out three and out ten times in a row. Come on, Gary. The team is the exact same copy as their coach. He needs to be in the Northeast somewhere. Because down here, they don't they don't recruit any dogs on defense. They don't have kill, they don't go get killers. Yes, I have a question. Because yeah. like a lot of people, you just said he needs to be in the Northeast somewhere. Would this work in the Northeast? At Rutgers, if he's six and six, they might be happy with that. You think? I mean, I don't know. Gary, if you if you got those slow DBs up north and you're running a three four zone or whatever you're running. The, the 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 hold of the line and let the guy let the guy make the tackle that works up there. 
It's not going to work here, Gary. It's not. I'm not sure that what we're seeing right now would work in the northeast, south, or west. But, Gary, how many times in the last four years have you come out and seen this team flat? How many times? Several. Several? Even before before Al Golden got here, Randy Shannon had the same problems. Okay, so what's the problem? If it's each coach is the same thing, there's a common denominator. What is it? The problem is that Miami football is Miami football when the coaching staff is solid and complete top to bottom. That's when Miami football is Miami football. Okay, Gary. Randy Shannon never Gary. got it right. Randy Shannon was going to fire four coaches the day he got fired himself. He was never able to get his staff right. Al Golden well, Randy, hasn't been able to get it either. Randy Shannon was a good defensive coordinator. When he got the job, he became an a-hole. He treated everybody like crap. It's like, you know, it's like you, you couldn't do anything. Making Randall Hill sit on the other side of Florida State sideline? Come on. But what I'm saying is, Gary, you have to get somebody in here that's motivational, to, to, that's passionate about this thing. Somebody like Mario Cristobal. Bush Davis is not coming, but they're not going to hire that guy again. He's almost, what is he, 65, almost 70 years old? He's 63, I believe. Yeah. You could get six years out of Bush Davis. I don't they're think not they're going to hire, hire him. Either. I don't think they're going to hire him. They're not going to hire him. You have to go after Cristobal, someone like that. Someone like that. Because let me tell you, Gary, these guys on the recruiting trail, they're not getting in. I live here in Gainesville. I see Brandon Powell, Brandon Powell, Brandon Hayes. But they, the guy's father coaches on the staff and didn't even give Miami a look. Come on, man. I just don't understand how this administration can sit up here and they don't care about the fans, man. Because every year it's the same old thing over and over again. They come out, they start off flat. There's nothing there. There's no way you should be six and six with that team. After that first game against Louisville and, and Nebraska, I give you that. Them guys should have ran the table. They should. They should even beat Florida State. The Florida State game. That's the team that that that's there. Well, you know, there's no argument for me that it wasn't good enough. It, it wasn't. But we have. I just don't understand. You sit up. If me and you went to a job and we didn't before, we'd get fired. Yeah, and to no sit doubt. Up here, and, to sit, and to sit up here year after year after year, this is Miami's team, man. This is, this is, these kids in Dade County made this team. And it's just ridiculous that you get Amari Cooper, Heisman finalist, he don't want to come to Miami. You get all these kids all over, man. They're all... How many times did you watch TV? Tackle, oh, he's from Miami. He's from Miami. Hershey, well, I mean, that's why TV. they're 6-6. Six six. Haven't done a good enough job recruiting local kids. But why is this guy they're, recruiting Why is this guy recruiting garbage D-tackles? I don't understand it. Because that's the best I they've I don't been understand. That's the, they're recruiting the best they're able to get, and that's part of the problem. It's not good the guys who was, could, could you imagine the four linebackers this year if we would have had Perryman? Eddie Johnson, uh, the Figueroa, and the guy Brown that went to Louisville from New Orleans. Could you imagine those four sets of linebackers? Burgess. 
Come on, man. But you got you got a walk on safety, Gary. The safety five seven. That's why Carter's. That's why they're six and six. That's what they have on. Jamal Carter. That guy couldn't hold Jamal Carter's jockstrap. It's because they're not letting him play. Jamal Carter was not very good. He did play. Oh, my God, this is so frustrating, man. And they're going to sit here, and they're going to put us back two more, ye- two more I, years because listen, they don't want to fire this guy. Listen, I'm, you know, you're upset. You have reason to be upset. Um, give yourself a break. You know, enjoy your holiday season with your family. Okay, yeah. let, let me ask you one more question before I leave. What, the 26th, they go out there and get blowed out again with one of those uh, showings like Virginia-Pittsburgh. What's going to happen then, Gary? Based on what they've said, nothing. Exactly. You know, but we'll see. You and know, I, 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 I'm, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm not into doom and gloom hypotheticals. I like to, I like to react. To they're not, Gary. They're not going to show what happens. They're not going to. Sh- that guy Spurrier is going to run the ball right down their throat. They're not even going to throw the ball on my end. They're going to run they it right down their throat. They typically don't show up for these kind of games. I remember when they went to the Sun Bowl um, to play Notre Dame and Leonard Hankerson was you know throwing helmets around the locker room because he was in such dismay at how disinterested his teammates were in that bowl game. You know they, they typically don't. Sh- they typically do not show when, up for games like this. They're not going to show up. They don't show up for no- when you have a bowl game. I remember back when they went to Arizona and they played Arizona in the Fiesta Bowl. They weren't interested. They got blowed out. They get blowed out in every game that doesn't mean anything. They're going to yep. go to Shreveport, Louisiana. They're going to be staying at a truck stop at a hotel. If they're going to want to come home, they're not going to want to be there. They're going to get blowed out. And this guy's going to sit there, oh, you got to put it on me. How many times are you going to put it on you before you get fired, man? All right, David, listen. You've you got, you, you know, you got to give yourself a break here, seriously. I'm sick of this I can hear it in, God, in your like, voice. And, it's like, Gary, and, Miami is like Iraq. We have all the oil, and we can't do nothing with it. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't understand it, man. This guy no, has he, to go, man. He's just ruining my whole damn football season with this guy, man. I know, but try to try to put it away for a couple of weeks, man. This is a this is the time of year to enjoy your family and and you know look at look at the good things in life, and uh, we'll see what happens on the twenty seventh. The good things in life, Gary, is when I get to go to Temple, Arizona, to watch Miami play Ohio State in the championship game or oh, the that, Rose Bowl. That, you're right. That's that was good for me. You're right. <laughs> when I could when I could be in Tempe, Arizona, going to Sugar Daddy's and Paradise Valley and hanging out at you know all around and walking on the side of the mountain, climbing climbing up the hill next to the stadium, that's what I want to do. I how about on Bur- How about on Bourbon Street? We're ready to go. Oh to the my God! The Bourbon, Bourbon Street against Florida, man. You, you can't beat those times. And now we're stuck in Boise, Shreveport, and people laugh at us, man. And Everybody, every time I say, "Well, you going to Miami?" Hell, no, Miami sucks, man. I, and these are guys from Miami. I'm not going to Miami. Miami sucks. What, All right, what do Dave, I do? I'll tell All you. Right, have a good I just night. told you what to do. You got to enjoy the holiday, and you know, sort of, you know, have a nice uh, six pack next to you on the 27th, and lean back and and see what they give you. All right. <laughs> hey, give us give us okay, a call after night. the bowl game. All right. Thanks for being part of no. the show. Man, you can you can feel his pain, um, and I, and you know obviously a lot of people feel that way. You know they they feel like something's been taken away from them the the, the way this program is right now and the way this team um, played this year. And uh, 
you know, you can only feel for those guys. Let's go out now to the 202. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Going once, going twice. All right, call us back. Let's go to the 310. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. He took two fingers in your ass, so could be. Hello? <laughs> what the heck was that? All right, let's try the... Um, well, that was weird. Let's try the uh, the nine fifty one. You're now live on King Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? It's T. I'm trying to get on What's for up, the last three weeks, man. So. All right, you made it this time. What's up? Yeah, yeah, I you made, made it, it, man. I, you must have a I was listening, like just say. so. Go ahead. I'm gonna shut yeah. up and let you talk. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't really have much to say, man. I just listen to everybody. I was just thinking. Um, I think a lot of people's frustration comes from like Golden. It is like he don't understand the culture of like Miami players, and it's like I heard someone say the definition of insanity. Like you know, I think he shows that a lot. Like he's not making no changes, none, and it's been what four years. He had the same exact staff, and nothing's changed. So I think you see the pattern that it's not going to go anywhere. And I know you say be patient, see what happens after the bowl game. But man, I, I like I said, I was born and raised in Miami, man. I, I and it's. It's hard watching this, man, and seeing, like, the team go from what it was to this. You know, and I know it's, he getting the brunt of, like, probably 11 years of frustration from the fans. But still, it's like he should be doing something. You know, like you say, he's the highest paid coach ever in Miami history. And this is the product. You know, and, I, and I, like, I don't see why he – it shouldn't even be that much money to recruit. He should stay in Florida like Snellenberger did, just recruit – all South Florida and go outside for your needs, like well, the, line, the old linemen and things like that. You know, quarterback. See, let me let me let me stop you for a minute and comment on that. Um, okay. I, I know a lot of coaches around the country, and I talk to a lot of coaches around the country on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And and they will disagree with you on what you just said. They they would say that the old state of Miami is not is not enough by itself anymore. That Miami needs to be able to go out and compete around the country for some of the top kids that, you know, some of these South Florida kids might be a little overrated and, and, and not quite as good as people tend, tend to think they are. I, I think the truth is probably in the middle. I think most of these kids are pretty good, but mm-hmm. I do believe that the coaches do need to be able to compete um, on the on the national level as well. You need to be able to go into okay. D.C. and New York and, and New Jersey and, and, and pull top kids in. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. I think you you. I mean, like that's what I say. You can go outside of Florida for like your needs. Like uh, like we got DJ Williams from California, you know, and that's rare. We got Ken Dorsey from California, uh, and a few kids from California. California. Yeah, you know, we um what was the the, t- the first tight end name? I can't think of his name from Texas who started the whole the Bubba chain Frank. of tight ends. I think Bubba Franks. You know, I mean, so I understand that, but at the same time, it's like. You you'll have a coach say that, but then they're they're picking these these kids up out of South Florida, and you look at most teams in the NCAA. I, Amari Cooper, I, I can go down the line. I'm not going to even start naming players. You look at Louisville roster, every player you see shining on somebody's roster pretty much from Florida. So they say they overrated, but I I, I don't see Alabama doing what they're doing without Amari Cooper on that on that, that roster. So, no. If they, if they didn't have Amari Cooper, they wouldn't have won the national title uh, two years ago, and they wouldn't be in right. the mix this year. You're and absolutely Florida right. With all those great players either. that they recruit, <laughs> if they didn't get Amari Cooper, I totally agree with you. They would not be national title contenders. 
All right, see, let's and then you look at Florida State, too. Look at Florida. One more, one more coming. Look at Florida State. You want to say yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, look at Florida State. Same, same thing. All these their star players are from South Florida. I mean, that's pretty much it. I just just wanted to put that in there, but well, yeah. Thanks I mean, for letting me get on. There, there was a time when Florida State was not very good that they weren't getting kids from South Florida. And now it's the kids from South Florida that are making Florida State also. Without question. Right. All right, T, have a great holiday, man. Call us up to the ball game. You, you too, you too. Thank you for letting me get on. All right. All right, let's go out now to the 404. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, doing all right, doing all right. Trying to get over this darn cold, but other than that, fine. All right, man. This is Roland, man, from New Orleans. How you doing? Yes, sir. All right, I got a quick question. Um, with uh, Paul Williams, I was just wondering in his tenure with Miami, who is he? Who is he brought in as far as uh, recruiting standpoints? What 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 top tier corners has he has he brought in? That's my first question. None really that aren't from South Florida, unless you want to call the Darius Gunner or a Corn Elder top tier. Wow. Okay. Okay. And they're what really about not, uh, they're not top tier. Okay. Okay. And, and what about uh, Jethro Je- Je- Franklin? Same deal. Of course. They got 15 Same defensive thing. line recruits on this team right now. Not one of them is an impact player. Wow. Okay. So uh, we got just two issues. We got two coaches that not recruiting kids from South Florida. So. Um, and then Brendan Carroll, he's a, what's, he's a, I know he's the receivers coach, and he's over. Uh, it, it, how much emphasis is he with, 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 with respect to recruiting? I mean, he he works at it quite a bit. He he recruits a lot out west and stuff like that. Um, okay. But who, who is he? Who is brought in? Who is who is he helped to come in? Not, to, uh, not many guys. Not many guys. Not, not many guys. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. It's the same pattern here. Nobody's yeah, really. I see where you're going with this, and you're not wrong. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess um, I, honestly, I hate to I hate to say this, but when we play South Carolina, I, as much as I love Kane, I don't even know. I, I really, I mean, sports talent. I believe Miami you know, playmakers can't even compare to. I mean, South Carolina is not even the same playing field or just playmakers, but coaching is a big difference. So um, I don't even know if they, if they lose that game, if Golden's going to make changes. I think that they're gonna, right, he's going to keep the staff, ride it out one more year, and uh, ultimately um, get replaced by whomever. So I just want to get your thoughts on that and just, you know, just put me on hold. You know, I don't think, like I said earlier in the show, I don't think anybody really has any idea what's going to happen after the bowl game. I, I think first you got to see what happens in the game, react to that, and then see what you know what the next steps are from there. I I just think that you know it's all idle speculation right now. Obviously, nothing's happening now. I mean, I think I, I think that's pretty safe to say. So you know that sure. that that is what it is. You know, it's so interesting when, when you talk about Jeff, Jeff Franklin, Jeff, Jeff Franklin, the, the, uh, the coordinator, you, and you look at James Coley, who's from South Florida. 
he was the one who found uh, Brad Kaya. I mean, he, I can't understand that this guy you know, who was at, at USC for a short tenure, who really didn't develop any guys on the D-line. I mean, he can't bring anybody in. I mean, I was watching East Carolina. They got better deep tackles than East Carolina than from Miami had. And that's that's just unacceptable, man. So I just, um, it's got to be changes. And it's got to be changes. Uh, uh, it's got to be changes from, I think, mentality. And I think um, you got to get you got to get the former players on the sideline. Is, is that going to be is that going to be able to happen next year, or is that what is that? How is that? How is that uh, allocated over the next year or two with you know with this probation thing that we had that's over? Will, will can the former players get back on the field? I mean, on the sideline with the team? No, no idea. They've got an area in the stadium in the in the end zone skybox uh, for the former players. My guess is that's, that's the way it's going to stay. They, you know, yeah. How do you decide who gets to be on the? In all fairness, I mean, how do you decide who gets to be on the sideline? You, know, you have all those guys. I mean, it's it's hard. Well, let me ask you a question. You know. How did you decide when it was at the Orange Bowl? You know. I don't, I don't know. You know. All right. Well, I'll just keep you on hold, and I'm just listening, man. All right, Roland. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the eight one three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? This is Andre from Tampa. What's up, Andre? How you doing this week? Uh, I'm, I'm making it. I'm making it. Hey, um, I got a couple of questions. Um, have you looked at? Have they tried to bring up some of the, the teams we go play next year uh, for our homes and away games? Is Clemson on the schedule? Yeah, Clemson comes here next year. Okay, so that's that might be one loss. So what we're looking at is we go play Georgia Tech, Florida State, um, Clemson, Nebraska again. Uh, I don't know if we play a little bit. We might not. So right now, Golden is kind of like playing Russian roulette, saying, well, maybe if I win some of them games or lose, it it, kind of hurt him as, I mean, right now, you know, um, I can't think of that. Herb Street said we should be appreciative of what the coach we should have. He said that a while back. That every coach he talked to saying, I'm going doing a good job down there. Not that he's doing a good job. If the coaches know if they play out, go and they can out coach them. So they would love to have a coach down in their mind where they could just pull the kids out, recruit the kids, tell them, hey, Look at Golden down there. He's, he can't recruit you. He can't. He can't coach you. Uh, y'all not prepared for games. Um, you know. I mean. Well, that, I, that's just, what they're saying. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. So why should it's like we put in the program back? I mean, I, 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 that's what I want to ask you. We got. If you look at the teams we might play next year. Right now, Golden, if they are even ranked, Clemson might be ranked next year. Nebraska may be ranked next year. Uh, Florida State will be ranked. We already know that's four losses already because Golden can't win against ranked teams. So right now, we already know we have four losses next year. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, just thinking. And, and, and another thing is, this is Blake James. I mean, I think he needs to shut up for the rest of the year. I mean, he, he shouldn't say nothing else for the rest of the year. Cause you know what? I agree. Pissing, he's pissing. Every, he got me so pissed off 
We don't rub it in our, we already know. I already know Golden's here next year. Don't sit there and say, just to clear everything up, Golden's our coach. I don't give a guy who, we already know this. We already, we have a level of hate. And I, I just, it just, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like to use the word hate. We just dislike Golden. And by him just saying, just rubbing it in our face, it, it just, it just that just pissed me off. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, and for go not to even say anything to fans and say, I would have been, if he would have got after that that uh, that game of uh, pit and went up, tossed the podium across the building, slamming, I'm tired of this, I'm, I do not like, I hate losing, I can't put, if he would have said that, you know what, the fans would say, there go what we've been looking for. There go the passion. He hates to lose. But when he gets up there, don't, nobody don't say nothing. Uh, where everybody's at? Why are we losing? What's going on? So far, I'm hearing now that the players not even excited about even going to the bowl. Is that well, true? I haven't, heard, I haven't mean, heard them say that. I mean, they're they're saying the right thing. <laughs> you got a couple of players that seniors that are saying they can't wait. The rest of the guys is not really, you know, saying too much because they're not even motivated no more. I'm just getting that because I, I, I don't know if that's fair. About, Only about four kids have said anything. I don't know how many kids on the team? Eighty. Yeah, but, but they anyway, haven't made like the whole team available. They've only made like four kids <laughs> available so far. Okay. Um, but I mean, you're making a okay. statement. In all fairness, that you know, I don't know that you can really make. I mean, you don't know what all the kids are thinking. Well, you you might you're right. You know, I shouldn't say that, but I'm, I'm just saying to me, I I mean. I don't have no confidence in, in Golden going to have this team even ready. South Carolina going to be ready because Steve Spurrier is like, okay, I'm on my last leg, y'all. I, need, I mean, he said he's coming back next year. On indication, he said he's coming back. But he, he might turn around. He doesn't we don't know called. that. He doesn't want to be on the losing end of a 6-7 and seven yeah. record. He'll be the laughing. Everybody in the SEC will probably call him and cuss Steve Spurrier out if he loses to Al Golden. That, they would personally call him and say, I can't believe you lost to Al Golden. And I'm just going to leave it like that. If he loses to Al Golden, Steve Spurrier should retire. He don't have it. Steve Spurrier should retire if he loses to Al Golden. I, I'm just saying that. He, he should have coached Al Golden by, by a mile. Golden don't have it. He's done. I've been saying that for years. Golden is done. He's done. All right, well, fair enough. So just leave me, um, so leave me, leave me on hold, Gary. Leave me on hold. We'll do. Have have a great holiday uh, with your family. You too. Get well. Uh, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go to the eight one four now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Yes, sir. Gary. That's you. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Todd, let's go. Okay. This is John from State College, Pennsylvania. I set foot on the University of Miami campus in 1964. Charlie Tate was the coach. Saw Notre Dame and Miami played with a 0-0 tie, and Miami beat Southern Cal 10-7. I think Miami or Southern Cal was ranked one of the country. I've been all over the country with the Miami Hurricanes. I followed their history. I go way before the 30-30 uh, series. I was at the West Virginia game when Vinny Testaverde put on a show and there was a uh, banner over the uh, uh, stadium saying, Vinny, 
called Chuck Noel Collect. That's how good he was. I've been with this team since day one. And I talked to a good friend of yours, Phil Gross, who has yep. tremendous accolades for you and respect. My feeling about this gentleman is the coach that everybody is talking about is we're going to be talking about the same thing, the same record next year. And that is unacceptable to me as a Miami Hurricane. I love the Canes more than anybody. I love them. They're the, they're the, I'm a graduate. I'm a graduate. Uh, all my friends are successful. And uh, it's, it's one of the most tremendous schools I've ever seen in my entire life. And also your fan base, which you have created yourself, uh, the interest in University of Miami speaks highly of, of, of what I'm trying to say. If you know things are not good, we have to change, and it's now. We know this is – we know and you know, and I know – I don't want to get into anything personal. You know that Al Golden past year did not does not want to be there. He wanted to be elsewhere. You know where it was. Yep. It was Penn State University. There's very few yep. people that do that, but I don't, I don't mean to go in the public airways and say it. I'm appalled to this team. The amount of talent we have on this team is incredible. But when you have punt returns and kickoff returns and you can't run in a straight line, I have a problem with that. We have the greatest facility to play. The fan base is incredible. I, I went to championship games. We played for we have five championships and had another chance for another five. How far have we fallen? And the thing that gets me is, and you've been part of this program since day one, is when we were in the Big East, we were the we were the we were the main the main ship of the ocean that that that, that ran the Big East, and we bolted from the Big East. I, I I just never could quite understand that into the ACC. We now are below mediocrity in the in the ACC. Unacceptable. So you're right. all but, the people, but it's not because people, they went to the ACC. It's because the program's not doing a good job. Well, you know, we can. This is. I, I'm observing from afar. I, I live in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of people up here that the, the, the big. When I went to the University of Miami, the, the schools were the, the top ranking states were New Jersey, New York, and, and Pennsylvania, and the rest, of course, were Florida. But you know, you've got you've got alumni from all over the country. But I can't believe that you. There, there's, there's a program down there that is a tremendous program, and all the people echo what I'm saying. And I'm, I'm trying to put the final stamp on, wh- on what's being said. And I, I, I applaud what you're doing. You are highly objective about uh, what you're saying about the University of Miami. You love them. I know you do. All the, everybody that calls in loves that school. I've been to many games. I mean, I was like I said, I was there. I was there since day one. I'll tell you how long I've been there. That, that we had the college games were played on Friday night. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. I was at the game when the University of Miami beat the uh, 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 the Heisman Trophy winner uh, Spurrier 21-16, I was there. Well, I mean, to sum up all your points here, I mean, I would say that I agree with you. It's hard to say, um, you know, hard to talk about next year is going to be better. You already did that last year. You know, it was already like, okay, you know, we're going to be better next year. Well, they weren't better this year. So how do you yeah. now say again, we're going to be better next year, you know, and, and, and not make some proactive moves to try to make sure it's better next year. Right. Right, anything else you want to say tonight? No, no. 
No, very nice talking to you, sir. All right, and hey, thank you for being part of the show. Thank you. All right, let's go out now to the 850. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, let's go to the 321. You are now on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is uh, Steve. I'm a report up here at Popka. Hey, what's up, Steve? Talk to us. What you got hey, for man. us? Hey, man. Yeah, long-time uh, reader, follower. Uh, first time calling in. Just wanted to actually go over a couple of things. Definitely wanted welcome, to, Welcome you to know. the show. You've missed, you've missed quite a party all year. I've heard yeah now I've always heard the you know the I, I go back and listen to them and stuff but like you said just like a lot of your other listeners man just freaking you know I'm not much of a blogger and everything but I've been pretty much glued to the Miami Herald and my rivals account every day hoping that a change will be made and just you know you, you know you go on you know see all the you know I don't want to call out everything but you know all that GoFundMe stuff and I mean I pretty much want to keep an eye on it just because I mean I'll, I'll admit I, I was definitely an Al Golden. Like, dude, I was, you know, I heard about the binder and all that stuff in the beginning, dude. I mean, I was like, this is like a CEO kind of person. You hear other coaches, you know, pass like a Jimmy Johnson, the Schellenberger say, hey, you know, this guy has a good, like, I think he does have a good CEO mentality, but I just think he can't, I don't think he relates very good to the kids that play down in Miami. I mean, I was born in Miami, but pretty much grew up in Central Florida. I mean, you know, I'm surrounded by Gators and Knights and Seminoles. And I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, like I actually, I had the opportunity to meet Al Golden at at actually Dave and Buster's last year during the Bowl Week. They actually came out there on Christmas Day, and you know what? I ain't gonna lie, my 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 feelings towards him were totally opposite. And I I, I know what you say has a lot of credit because you know what's funny, D'Onofrio. I, I almost I saw that guy in person. I mean, I could have grabbed him and thrown him to the ground. But you know what? He's actually a pretty decent guy. As much as I didn't want to talk to him, it was Al Golden that was. I, I really didn't like. I mean, you know, I was there with my stepson. He's 12. I mean, I mean, he's only a Miami fan because of me. I've been raising him since he was three. And he couldn't have been the biggest douche I ever met in my entire life. And I've told everybody that. And I'm surrounded by Florida State, you know, alumni and people that pay big money to Florida State. And, I mean, I was totally disgusted just with his professionalism. I mean, I mean Mr. Swazi was there. I mean, the whole team was there. I mean, everybody was pretty cool. The kids were cool. Duke Johnson was on his crutches. And, I mean, I couldn't have been more disappointed as a fan. And, you know, like you said, D'Onofrio was very engaging, like you said. So it just it kind of validates what you said about I don't think he can coach worth a damn, but he was a nice guy, you know what I mean? So well, I guess with my rant, like Damn, I just think he's in a little bit – he's in a, in a little tough here at trying, as the defensive coordinator at Miami. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, we're more, like you said, we're the aggressive – you know what? We take chances. That's how we roll. You know, we're not the conservative. We take. You know, I'd rather give up a touchdown trying to get a pick six. I mean, that's just how I. I mean, I play semi-pro football myself, so I mean, a lot of people haven't played football that talk it. I mean, I actually understand the game, and you know, I know things take time, but you know, like you said, it's the improvement that we haven't seen. So I guess the point of all this is, you know, you read stuff online. I mean, is there really truth to like? you know, maybe a coaching, you know, just a little bit of a shakeup, or is it just kind of status quo till, you know, till kind of the bowl game? I think it's status quo till the bowl game, and then, you know, see what happens there. Really? All right, then my next question is, I don't know if, like you said, you know, I know you get a lot of good information, and I just want to say I do believe your story, you know, this time or almost this time last year about him going to Penn State. Like, I know a lot of people on other websites gave you a lot of crap about it, and I actually yeah, you know, look, look, it 
ends up I believe not you 100%. Yeah, I, well, about I him going right off. Now, everything I reported was 100% correct. Um, however, Dude, I believe when, it. Believe when it. When it ends up not happening, you're an easy target. You know, it's you know, I'm a big boy. I can take it. You know, but I will say this: every no. single thing I reported, not just in that one, but the one a few years earlier, every single thing I reported was 100% accurate at the time it was reported. And and you know what? No, and it was so funny about it that you hit the, na- the you know like the nail on the head about it. It was so funny because after the bowl game, and I was there too. You know, you know, like you said, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I'm a big believer, and you vote with your money. Like basically, when you buy something, you're voting. And you know what? You know, I I, I coach football, Pop Warner. I coach my son's travel baseball team. And you know what? I would go to I would take the drive down to Miami and burn you know all the money and gas it gets to go to a game if it was worth my dollar. And right now. My, you know, I don't feel like I want to pay for tickets to go to a game. So the, for the fact that, you know, Miami will attract more people to go to games. And you know what? And even when I went to the Florida State game, the last one I went to in Miami back in 2010, I sat from a guy who who flew in from England just to be there because of that game and left at halftime because he was so sick of how we played. So to, for them to say that, that, that there's no fans, it's bogus. I, I know people aren't showing up more is because it's not worth their You know, nowadays, you know, the, the dollar's a little tighter. People are going to – spend it smarter and is not going to go to a game right now. No disrespect. You know what I mean? So, but this leads me to my next question, which is because I live in Central Florida. So I hear about, you know, know, obviously the bowl matchups, they were talking about Florida and and UCF. Now, you know, there's a radio station up here. I listen to a rock station and, you know, they got that talking, you know, one of their longtime guys from UCF, I guess the voice of UCF and they're saying that we were scared to play them in that, he was all proud, like, oh, yeah, Miami didn't want to play us and this and that. So I just wanted to see if there was validation in that, that Miami was trying to avoid UCF, which I find the biggest crock I ever, you know. Like I said, I even went no. to school there for a short time. That was a joke. But They were looking for a good matchup in Shreveport, you know, with the SEC, and they picked Miami. That's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I mean, I, was, I had a problem with that. I mean, he's sitting there, you know, beating his chest because, I mean, the, the guy on the radio station actually is a diehard Miami guy. His name is uh, Pat Lynch with J.R. I mean, he's a longtime Miami guy. I mean, everybody up in Central Florida knows that. So, I mean, you know, the guy was kind of, you know, from UCF was pounding his chest about that. So, I mean, I just wanted to see how much validation it was. I mean, yeah, oh. I mean, and there's people that, that, be, that were nervous about playing them because we'd be taking a step back if we lost, per se, but. You know the fact I mean, that Miami don't want to play because what's a better matchup for a bowl game, Miami UCF in St. Petersburg, or Miami South Carolina in Shreveport? I mean, it's not, there's not even a comparison. It, so, you know, and I agree, and I agree with that. And you know, exactly. I mean, there's definitely more appeal for us to play a Spurrier team than you know an O'Leary UCF team. Yeah, you're but talking I know, about a game I, that's going to be on ABC on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, yeah, okay, you well, know, they, they want that to be a good matchup. I mean, period. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree with that. No, exactly. So, no, okay, that, that's good to know because, like I said, I mean, you know, I, you know, like I said, I'm like a lot of these other guys that we're talking tonight. You know, I'm old school mentality. I'm 34, but you know, it's the anywhere, anytime, any place kind of mantra. I mean, I know college football is different. You know what? Things are different from the 80s. I mean, obviously, from everything from personalities to recruiting. I mean, everything's different now. I mean, I, and I see that even from my, you know, from from hell. Even from high school, when I was in high school in the '90s, hell, I mean, I didn't even have a cell phone when I graduated high school. I mean, they weren't even out yet. So, I mean, you know, things are just so different. But, you know, to keep it in perspective, but like a lot of people voiced, and you know, I'm voicing too. You know, there's a difference. I mean, it is impossible to be undefeated every year, but there's just a way to play, and we're not playing the way we're used to playing. Even if it's one or two losses, you know what I mean? It's just there's there, there's no 
if you're, you know, the joke with his all this. If, if he had as many comments and one-liners as he did to know how to coach, we would lose barely one game a year. But we're not trending upwards, as he would say. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so, you know, thank you so much for being part of the show. Great point. Yeah, man. Definitely. No, thanks, man. Now, I just want to say I appreciate you. Um, you know what you're writing. Everything. I mean, I pay for the rivals, and you know it's worth every bit of every penny I pay for because I mean you, you got good stuff. And like I said, never had a chance to meet you, so just appreciate what you wrote. And like I said, you know I know you got a lot of crowd about the Penn State thing, but you know just to go back on it real quick, I, I believe that story because when I met him in in Orlando and I got to go to you know hang out and I got to meet Howard Schellenberger, one of the nicest guy I ever met. I mean, he seemed checked out of that game like he already knew he was leaving. So it was ironic when you said that story in the timeline. It fit really, and it's just, you know, it's just disappointing that, you know, we we should be a destination, not just a, a, a pass by, or at least, you know, he should want to do the best he can to help where he's working. I mean, he is getting a paycheck. I mean, he's not – I mean, $3 million is still pretty damn good money, if you ask me. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd if I had the qualifications, I'd do it for half the coach's school. <laughs> so, so. All right, well, thank you. All right, Gary, I appreciate you, man. Give us a ring after the bowl game. Absolutely, man. All right, 646-595-2048. got about 25 minutes or so of show left. Let's go to the 904. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, hey, this is uh, Adrian. Yeah, this is Adrian hey, from Jacksonville, Florida. What do you say, Adrian? How are you doing this week? Hey, uh, appreciate you having me on, man. I, I I feel the pain like a lot of these guys is coming in, calling in, stressed out, and and, Gary, I just decided two weeks ago, man, uh, it's not worth getting an all-set high blood pressure over Al Golan. The thing about it, the university has made the decision, and I think the way to hit it, I mean, to hit them the hardest is just don't attend the game. Uh, why spend your hard-earned money when you know you're not going to get in a team? This, this Miami team is flat. After every big loss to a big team like Florida State, you already know the next weekend they're not going to come out flat. This guy's incapable of blowing up a balloon, much less a football team, the next week to get them uh, ready to play. Uh, the, the, this team is so talent field, and he's not able to, to, to coach them up. Look at these guys that, that leave Miami, and they go to the NFL, and they get coached up, and they end up being starters. Look at Luther Robertson for Green Bay, Sam Shields. I mean, these guys were weren't all of that, and then they get to the next level, and they're they're pretty good football players. Uh, Al Golan is a good guy. He's just not the right guy for the University of Miami. I don't know much about Mark Diafriano, but these guys can't coach. When you have guys that have been to Miami, I mean. Benny Blaze is down there. He could be a good defensive back coach. Ken Dorsey could be a good quarterback coach, offensive coordinator. But I'm just truly, and I might be wrong, that Al Golden doesn't want anybody from the old Miami clan on his coaching staff because eventually they might get his job. Well, I don't know about that. But, in, I mean, and in fairness, I don't think just because you played at Miami automatically means you're a good coach. I mean, I think, you know, you got to look at it and understand there's a little bit more to coaching than just saying, hey, I played at a school, now I'm going to go coach there. you got to develop as a coach too. But, um, you know, beyond that, not quite sure what, what you know what more can be said about it. I mean, everyone's kind of beating it as much as it can be beaten. Okay, Gary, look on, look on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, 
in my opinion, this is my opinion only. Miami is the only team in the I won't say only team in the nation that I watch that goes in at halftime and looks worse after halftime than we did in the first half. No adjustments. You already know, okay, take the Nebraska game. They're going to run Abdullah to death. Why are the linebackers nine yards off the line of scrimmage? Dallas Crawford and uh, uh, the other safety, fifteen, they're not going to throw the ball. If a, if a wide receiver from Nebraska beats me, he's supposed to beat me. I'm going to put nine in the box and stop, uh, stop a doula. Okay, the best thing about college football, if you get beat, you can pull that guy's jersey off. They're not going to put the ball on the two-yard line. It's a 15-yard penalty. I mean, but that's that's easy coaching, it seems to me. That's ABC. And these guys are not getting coached on either side of the ball at the University of Miami. I think Brendan Carroll is the best position coach we have at the University of Miami. I might be wrong, but that's just my point. Yeah, I don't know if I, don't know if I would put him number one, but. You know, but, you know I, I'm uh, sorry. RKO. RKO will be one. Brendan Carroll will be one. I mean, he Art did a decent job this year. I thought it was one of Art's best years. Um, I'm not sure who I would call the best position coach. That's kind of part of the problem, you know. I'm not sure who I would give that crown to. I think James Coley did a pretty good job as quarterbacks coach this year. I'll tell you that. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know what I mean. I think the way we came out at Florida State, Coley coached an excellent job. That's probably the best game I saw him call against uh, since he's been at the University of Miami. But look at and you come down the next week uh, uh, against Virginia, and they look like I guess we threw out the playbook for Florida State. <laughs> I mean, I, right, I don't well, know. Uh, I mean, any any other points you want to make? I want to try to get a bunch of guys on here before we go home. So. um any other points you want to make no, I tonight? I, no, I appreciate you having me on, Gary. Thanks a lot, man. Anytime, man. Yeah, give us a call after the bowl game. All right, let's go down to the 954 now. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is Chad. What's up, Chad? What you got? How you doing? Uh, I just want to talk about the general expectations of the Miami fan base. I mean, listen, I look at it like this. I watched last year's team all year. They went 9-4. and four. And it was an impressive 9-4. I think they struggled against Wake Forest. You know, they struggled against some bad teams. And the problem is there's a lot of talent deficiencies in a lot of different places. And, you know, I don't love the coaching. I don't love the defensive scheme either. But I watched Monday night. I watched that Patriots game. And it's a pretty similar scheme to, I think, what the Patriots run. And, you know, it's just we don't have the talent. It's just plain and simple. I mean, if you're going to talk about Al Golden, talk about recruiting, but there's definitely some coaching staff issues here, but you got to look at the talent. I don't see many good football players on this team, and that's just, I mean, how do you feel? Yeah, but whose fault is that? I agree with you, but whose fault is that? It goes it's back the to the same guy. But everyone, right. but it my all goes point, to the my back point to the same place. I agree with you. My point is that, you know, it's more than a schematic issue. It's a talent issue, and I think people are getting – very caught up on the schemes when I think that we don't have the talent for any type of scheme, you know? Well, I don't know about that. I think the scheme that they're trying to run on defense is too complicated for these kids. I, I, and I agree. Think, and I think that's why you've had four years of mental bust 
after mental bust. It's too complicated. Yeah, and I also think that, you know, in the beginning of the year, we had all these high hopes for the offense. And, again, as expectations, like I was saying, and you sort of get the feeling that there's only a couple good players. You have Dorsett, Duke, and after that, it's really kind of a crapshoot. Stacey Coley disappeared. You know, you have Clive Walford was very good. But, you know, a combination of no really receivers stepped up besides Dorsett and the offensive line. I think you guys were great in like a B minus, but you look at it football for me, you know, offensive line, defensive line, what is what is that kind of determines how a team's gonna do. I think both sides of the line were pretty bad, defensive being a little worse, but I mean that as like court like Calvin Hurtaloo coming in and we're expecting the world out of him and Michael Weish, and it's like... They're just average guys. They're just guys. Yeah, there's no impact players on defense. And I mean, no. if, we had Eddie, if we had Eddie Johnson, Figueroa, and Perriman, you know, you might be talking about the best linebacking core in the country, but unfortunately things don't pan out the way you want them to always. Yep. All right, well, anything else you want to get in tonight? Yeah, the only, only other question I had was a recruiting question. You know, do you think you see us landing uh, Rasheem Green or any, you know, not say elite defensive line, but any very good I, defensive I lineman. They're, they're still in the game. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be really tough to get those guys to come all the way across the country. Yeah, that's what you know, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm not sure there's going to be enough juice there at the end. You know, those guys can go anywhere they want. So we'll see. Yeah. But, all right, Gary. I appreciate everything you do, and uh, you have a good one. Have a good holiday. All right, you too. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go now to the um, the four eight four. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good, doing good. What you got for us? Hey, man, Philly, man. Sorry you feeling so bad, man. I'm doing all right. I'm hanging so in there, man. I, I've I've made it a, a, an hour and forty five minutes, and, and I'm still here. So hey, I think I'm we're gonna make, make... this kind of quick, man. Um. I just think it's a, it's a tough pill for the fan base to swallow right now, man. It's a real tough pill because, you know, you, you look at what we had. You look at Denza up for the bucket. You look at Walford up for the Mackey. Uh, at one point, Duke was up with getting talked about as a Heisman candidate, Bill Walker. You know, you can make a case for Kaya, you know, being, like, the second-best quarterback in our, in, our, in our conference. And that's and that's probably, like, you know, a, a testament to uh, Poli. Who I, who I would say was probably our best um, our best assistant on the staff, you know, um, bar none. I mean, probably probably above Arkeo this year. And yeah, I would probably would defense, put him number one. I agree. And, and you look at the defense and the strides they took in, and you look at all that, and you look at veterans, you know, and then you go six and six, three and five, last in the, the sorriest division in all of college football. In the, in the pilot, in the, in the, in the week in the weakest conference, and it's like you look at next year, and so you're bringing back the same coach that couldn't get it done, and it's like the fan base has been seeing this for like the past four. We saw it, you know, we were playing Boston College and 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 um, and Chris Rettig when we were getting blown up by average quarterbacks and making like guys like Eric Ebron, you know, um, increase their draft. We can see this like three, four years, and then we saw it this year again, and it's like, how do you get better next year? You know, how could, you know, Golden yeah, has, a, he has I no, agree. he has no, he has no, um, no leverage left for the fan base. He's exhausted all of his, all of his trust from us, you know, because you can't say let's wait till next year because you had award candidates, all conference guys, and, and, and you, they, you lose them. And then it's like, 
you know, you, you look at next year and say, we got to make it better. But your your best recruiter and probably like your second best staff member was Michael Barrow. Michael Barrow had talent. He developed it. He developed Dallas Sharpton. He developed Colin McCarthy. He developed Eddie Johnson. He developed Denzel Perryman. And he was a great, he was a number one recruiter. And you lose him, and you never replace him. And we've been hurting in terms of like getting key talent and depth. You know, you don't have a, a Sky Moore. You don't have a James Burgess. You don't have a Gerald Holliman. And that's because that, that's your fault. That's that's Golden and the staff's fault that they don't have these guys. You know, you don't have, you know, and then the guys you do have, like Stacey Coley, Herb Waters, even Chickalow, you see these guys like, like continuously regress, you know, and, and, and don't play, I guess, to their to the building. Or Tracy Howard. You know, Tracy Howard would probably have been a much better safety playing that, that, that deep middle instead of the walk-on centrist, you know. I mean, that would probably because he had 10 picks. As a um, as a senior in high school, and he looked great in the All American in the Art in the All American during the um, Army All American Week, but you didn't develop him. And then you're going into these houses of these South South Florida kids and saying, "Hey, come to Miami, you know, come play for me. I'll coach you up." But they but they see they see Stacy Coley, who they grew up watching, who they admire. You know, they see Tracy Howard, they see Chickalo, they see all these guys who they grew up admiring, who are going to your program. They're not doing anything. And then they see Florida State, and they see Irmon Lane, Travis Rudolph, and 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 um, Dalvin Cook. You know, they see uh, they see um, in Arkansas, Alex Collins. They see Rashard Robinson at LSU. They see all these guys. They see Eddie Jackson in Alabama, Amari Cooper. They see all these guys. You know, showing out and and, and helping their team and getting developed and going on to the league. But then in Miami, they see the guys who they looked up to are not doing anything. So it's like it's like it's like a circle. Because it's like a bad circle because you're asking to trust you, but you're, not, but you're not developing the talent that you get. You know, you're blaming it on depth, but you're not getting depth. And then when you do get the guy, you go 6-6 six and six and last in the conference. And it's like, you know, we're going to do it a whole other year. And it's a tough pill to swallow because you're looking at it like, okay, I have to go through a whole other offseason and then a whole other year, and there's nothing to look forward to with Miami football. And as like I said, man, it's a tough pill to swallow on the, on the with the Miami Hurricane fan base. And you see that every message board saying the same thing over and over again. Yep, no argument. All uh, right, we well, got any more points for that's, tonight? That's that, that's it, man. Hope you feel better. Have a, a great holiday. You got it, man. You too. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, we got about ten minutes or so left. We're gonna go rapid fire through and get as many people on. Let's go out to the 718. You're live on Kane Support Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. What's up, BK? What you got? Shoot. Uh, uh, not much. I was just kind of, you know, listening in. But um, one thing I was thinking about, like, uh, you know, like uh, I was reading, uh, you know, the article on Blake James and, you know, things of that nature, how he kind of, in a way, you know, well said. Well, you know, like we don't accept six and six records, but granted, this is what it is. Do you think that everybody's just kind of passing the buck so that when this next president comes in, he's gonna make make whatever changes he wants anyway? So they're kind of like removing themselves from it. Well, I think he's trying to stand out and and speak to the fans because the head coach isn't. But Blake's in a no-win situation. I don't think he should be, you know making these comments and having these press conferences. I mean, he's not going to say anything that people are going to approve of. Uh, so I don't, why, I don't know why anything. he's... He should have forced Al Golden to, to come out with some kind of statement. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know why he's putting himself in that situation. Um, you know, if I were his advisor, I'd be saying, Blake, you know, you don't need to be doing that. You know, now you're sticking your own neck out. 
Um, the last thing you want to do is get into a go-down-with-the-ship type of situation if things um, aren't handled properly. I think he needs to do his job behind the scenes. Um, right, exactly. Exactly. But, um, you know, I think he also felt some accountability to the fans to, to have somebody at least come step out and, and say something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Al Golden pretty much hasn't said anything, you know, since the loss. And I'm just dreading, like, if we lose to South Carolina, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, is he just going to fall off the face of the earth? Like, is, you know, I mean, it's going to be a hundred times worse. Probably going to be the same thing. He's going to go out recruiting. I mean, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? Oh, listen, I was out recruiting. Oh, so that's why we lost the game, because you were out recruiting. And didn't get any of the guys you were after anyway. It's not a fun fun spot to be in when you fail, when when you're failing. You know, it's tough. It's tough to handle. Yeah. uh, You know, when everybody's MFing you all over town, and, you know, it's very uncomfortable. But, um... I mean, this has got to be taking a toll on his family. I mean, at some point, I mean, when does Mrs. Golden say, listen, enough is enough. Let's cut and run. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we, you, yeah. You know, I we're mean, rich. You know, I mean, let's face it. Al Golden is rich. You know, let's face it. We're rich. And, and, and let's going to be richer no matter what happens. Let's happened. move on. Yeah. Yep. You know, get some damn yep. FBS job somewhere making five, $600,000 a year. Hell, they don't need the money. No, so you know there might be a lot to be said for that at this point. I just never thought that the ship would sink the way that it sank. You know, I mean, this is well, it I sank mean, fast, pretty bad. It sank so fast, you almost didn't even see it coming. No, uh, you but know, you can't I mean, maybe a lot of people happen. were wishing that it sank, but I just never thought that it would be this bad. And how one man could just jeopardize his whole career, his his entire career, by just. It's almost like he's dumbfounded. He's in shell shock. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't know what to do. He's totally shell shocked. He doesn't know what to do. He'd rather go hide than just come out, face the fact, made a mistake. I'm going to work on it. Give me a chance to fix it. You know, like any coach would have done. Well, I don't think you can pretend it didn't happen, that's for sure. Well, that's what he's doing. He's pretending that it didn't happen. And then if we lose to South Carolina, we won't hear from Al Golden again until National Signing Day. ESPN's going to put him on Front Street, and he's going to avoid every question ESPN asks him. We'll see. All right, Gary. We'll see how it goes. All right, hey, All right, thank Gary, you for being part right. of the show. You got right, it. Right. Have a great holiday. All right, let's go now to the 814. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, twice, gone. Let's go to the uh, 757. You're on Kane Sport Live. Gary, it's Shane Kane. I see you're a little sick tonight, buddy. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm fighting through it, though. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. What, what, what you got for us tonight? Well, you know, I'm going to make it quick, man, you know, because I usually be the first one to call you, but damn it, I was at work and got behind. Look, man, forget all the madness. I'm going with what you said last week. Who cares about the bowl? Hopefully they do win the bowl game. But it ain't no big issue. Now, with that uh, uh, tank, uh, 30 for 30 that's coming on Saturday, the same it's thing good. you said with the kids. It's the good. kids, like you said, I believe that. I know it's going to be great. But remember what we talked about real quick. Like you said, the kids, they don't know about what happened in the 80s. They just going off of what they hear and what they see. I don't know if this is going to change how they feel. Thank you, buddy. I don't know if that's going to change how they feel and put this you know, step in that butt to win this game. If we lose, so be it. If we win, so be it. It's meaningless. You said it. I said it. The fan base know it. Golden, 
You're going to get mad at me, but he whacked because he won't speak out. you got to be a man. Thank you, sir. you got to be a man and speak out to what's going on. He's hiding. There's no need to hide. You too. Like you said, Blake James, you, you chill, Blake. This ain't you. You need to tell Golden what to do or something. Golden is hiding. Everybody knows he wants to go to Penn State. My son, Charles Wise, said, nah, that ain't you. Yes, he did. He couldn't get out fast enough. Now he's not going to be able to get out because who really wants him? He's damaged good. He has not done enough. And I ain't got no more to say. I'm going to call you after the ball game. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I'm out of here. And keep me on over right. there. All right, Kane Kane. Hey, thanks for calling as always. Um, that might have been the call of the night. Let's go to the, the 561. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. You with Hi, us? Gary? Yes, sir. Gary? That's you. Yep. Hi, Gary. A 10-year member of uh, your blog. Um, oh, thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you. It seems to me that there are always excuses to hold on to an unqualified performer. Uh, in this case, that excuse was that Golden was mistreated on the Shapiro matter. But the right thing to do is always to cut unqualified people out of the flock. Objectively speaking, Golden has never beaten a team that was better than his team. Is it because he's unlucky or because he can't perform? Very few people in the NFL were 6-6, six and six, yet we have 10 draft-rated players. But none of that matters, really. <clears throat> what does matter now is that we need a leader, a booster, an outspoken trustee, perhaps a member of the media, Gary, that can work hard to push this guy out of our town. Since Blake James won't do it, somebody needs to step up and lead us back to prosperity. It matters not that there have been three consecutive bad head coaching decisions. Reed Shalala. Someone needs to make this happen. You know, that's definitely not happening right now. So, you know, I th- I just think that you have to kind of move on from that thought for now. I think you got to see what happens in the bowl game and then see what happens after that. You know, everyone's trying really to speculate, matter. but nobody nobody has any clue what's going to really happen. The the bowl game doesn't matter. He's had a well, it, opportunity. Well, it matters and it doesn't matter. I mean, if you lose, you're let Let's say, let's say they terrible. beat South Carolina 59 to nothing. It, it, that doesn't matter. It, means it doesn't the change the big picture, but it gives you some momentum going into recruiting. That's all. <laughs> but it does no, it does right. not change the big picture. No. Total. Some. Something needs somebody needs to step up and make this happen. If it won't be Blake James, somebody else needs to make this happen. Shalala won't do it. Somebody needs to step up, and it needs to be now. It ha- this has to end. This All right, fair enough. Yeah, I have a lot of people that disagree with you, but uh, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, let's go to two hundred two. You're now live on Team Live. Hello. Yes, sir. That's you. Hey Gray, how you doing? Hope you hope you gonna feel better later on today. All right, what you got, man? I think it's man. I think he gotta go. We got one thing <laughs> that he give us a quarterback. We have a quarterback that's only a freshman. He got he got two or three more years left. That right there. Anytime you got a quarterback, you always have a big hope but for next wow. year. I'll agree with you on one thing here. They just wasted three years of Duke Johnson, okay? And and I totally agree with you. You, you can't waste four of Brad Kaya. 
that would be a, that would be a crime. That would be absolute crime. You if you go four that. years and don't win anything with Brad Kaya. Because that boy is good. Man, yeah. picture him next year. Picture him next year when he got stronger, and then he work on his deep passes. He work on his knees better for the whole off season. Uh, spring game. Oh my God! You got a quarterback. You have a hope. But go, our goal. It's not gonna change his defense. He got to go. His defense. His own skin defense got to go. Cause uh, we actually look at it right. The the, the draft chats. Like you got the linebackers and, and then you got the DN. If you got the uh, nose tackles, because this is that's like Matty's biggest problem. From the line to the linebackers, that's like the biggest problem. He still hasn't like solved yet, because he because you know he had lost the two linebackers that was, that was really good, and then he don't got nobody else, and then you losing your best linebacker that was in the team defense wise too. So who gonna step up next year? That's you know from the linebacker to the DN. Or to the low tackle. I don't see nobody. And then we can't sit back and wait for two or three more years of all back out. We just can't do it. That's why you got to go. We just can't do it. The biggest thing is we can tell him thank you for giving us back out. Well, it. I mean, I will I will say this. If, if he is good enough as a head coach, he better step up right now and make some changes and make them count because he's running out of time. And you know, it, and it's sad to see. You know, I, I've been a guy that's I saw, I've seen all the potential that is there in Al Golden. Um, but you got to deliver, too. man. You got to you got to be good enough. You got to be solid I, enough. Um, there's no do overs. I used to like that guy. No, I still like him. But I mean, yeah, there's no do overs in this game. You know, you you got to get it done. You know. So we'll see. All right, I'm, let me let one more guy get on here tonight. Um, give us a call after uh, the ball game. You got it, man. All right, final call of the night. Let's go out to the 484. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Actually, no, I take that back. You've already been on. Um, let's go to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? What's going on? Who's this? Gary. Yes, sir. This is Dex, this Dex Mill. Gary, how you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. Take us home. What you got? Uh, I was uh, first of all, I want to I wanted to uh, tell you about that. Uh, give you a little inside information on that Anthony Jones offer at Miami Central. Uh, okay. I don't want to I don't want to you know call out any names. I've been talk I talked to you a while. I, I I think I'm pretty credible. I proved myself to be pretty credible, either on your message board or when I call in and talk with you. But uh, yeah, he's uh he's living with uh he, he uh, uh Devonte Phillips is living with him. Devontae Phillips. Yeah, they're living with Miss. They're living with Miss Betty. Yeah. So what happened with? We that actually is, have a story on Kane Sport about it. We, uh, we put it up just uh, today. Uh, they're living oh, with, Dalvin, with, with, with Dalvin. With yeah, Dalvin Cook's grandma. Or grandma. That, Dalvin yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. Miss Betty's a grandmother. That was the lady that told me last year. I don't know if you remember, but I told you that he was going to Florida State because when she interviewed Al and she interviewed uh, Jimbo, she said she told me told me personally, me, Dexville, out of her own mouth, and if she listened or anybody else listened, and she knows that the truth is, she said that she, she that uh, Jimbo Fisher made her feel uh, uh, much more comfortable and she thought that Al Golden was fake. That's what she said. Uh, as far as uh, uh, Jones and uh, 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 Devontae right now, Devontae, I don't know if people know this, 
Uh, but just to let the Kings fans know, Devontae Phillips' mother was, was killed about uh, about three years ago. Uh, yep. It was, it was a, 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 a brutal homicide. And uh, his brother, Devontae's older brother, who's about a year older than him, he's currently in jail on other murder charges. So I'm just trying to paint a picture for people so you can understand this kid has really got a bunch of turmoil around him. A lot of people feel he should get out of Miami because his brother is out, was out on the streets doing all kinds of crime, and now he's in jail. His mother got killed. So just to let people know how that how that front's going. Uh, beyond that, um, I I had a uh, conversation with uh, I, I told I, I posted something to you about Michael Barrow a while back. It was. Uh, uh, pertaining to him leaving, and you know, you weren't really, you know, warming up to what I was telling you. But I, I, I spoke to uh, a member of his church tonight. Works out at the same gym I work out at, and both of us know Mike. We were just talking about it, and uh, Mike told him that I seen this ship sinking, and that's why I left. I said he told you that. Said, yeah, that's what he told me. I said whatever that word came. Yeah, well, I know you never, Gary. You know one thing about you, Gary. You never believe it until it's all. It's well, because Michael Barrow has as much integrity as anybody I know, and, and he's the last person I know <laughs> that I would expect to lie. And I've had the conversation but, on multiple occasions, he, and yeah. he flat out has told me that he couldn't possibly <laughs> coach to take care of his mother. His, his mother is She has dementia, and he. He wanted to take yes, care of her. And right, and right now, she's in. The, Mike has her in a nursing home down south in Perrine where she gets 24-hour assistance that he never has to be there. That's number one. Number two, with, with that integrity, you got to understand, Gary, Mike is never going to throw his school or his former employer under the bus. He's not going to do it. He's not, he's not going to – not to you especially because he understands your position. You have to publish Kane Sport and so forth. So he's definitely not going to tell you. But an old schmuck like me or people that's around, you know, he'll, he'll say that. But anyway – I know you don't, you know, you're not going to believe it. I tell you a lot of things you don't believe until after they come come to pass. As far as Al goes, and I'm going to, you know, I guess this will take us home. Me, me and you had a discussion. It was uh, a few years back. I don't know, a couple years back. I don't know if you remember. And uh, I was hopping. We, we were on the message board, and I told you, I said, Gary, I wrote on the message board. I said, Gary, did you see how Al tweeted out about that Stanford? Stanford was playing Oregon, and how he tweeted out during the game. He wanted his team to look like that. I don't know if you you probably don't remember, but anyway, what what I put on the message board was, man, Al Golden is a good. He's he's an okay guy. I don't see the potential that you see because if he had that kind of potential, he would have already made those moves like you called for him to make them last year. I think he just. Ha- I think you're enamored with his sales pitch and you, and it's got you caught up and flustered. No, I'm not fluttered. enamored right now. I think he's making made big mistakes here. Yeah, but when you say things like he has potential, it's like yeah. He's had a I'm saying to myself that. like yeah, I'm saying like I'm I'm saying like Gary, where's the potential when he could have made these moves that you even seen and you're not a football coach, I, I even seen and I'm not a football coach, and he wouldn't make them. And it's yeah. like and Gary, as of right now, like we just seen the Auburn uh, defensive coordinator get fired, he was making eight hundred thousand bucks a year and they fired him. Golden should the, the best thing he could have done was fire D'Onofrio and Paul Williams, whom, let me tell you a story about this, Gary. I was at the state championship game, right? And uh, Hurley Brown was there, Ice Harris was there, and and, and uh, Paul Williams was there. And so they were all making their rounds in the stands, talking with talking with the fans, talking with – there were some other uh, players that were sitting there, and they were just all walking around, interacting with – well, I should say not they all, 
Tim was uh, Harris was sitting down. Hurley Brown and, and, and Williams were, were, were walking around, and so they walked by us. They walked by uh, a couple other people. The kid from uh, uh, Trinity High School was there. Um, so they were just walking around, you know. And, Gary, if you could have sat there with me, you could have seen the way that Paul Williams interacts with the South Florida fans from Overtown and the kids. He looked like a fish out of water, Gary. If you could have just, just, like, sat back and just looked, you being around as long as you've been around South Florida kids, Gary, you could have easily pointed out why there's such a disconnect with the defensive side of the recruiting. And what I'm, and the point I'm making in saying all that is Al should have fired already Williams, Jetro, and, of course, Denarfio, and went out and recruited with a whole different cast of characters because, obviously, those guys can't get it done on the defensive side of recruiting. You've been saying that for the last 18 months. And he and he he still hasn't done it. Well, I mean, maybe yeah, you know, maybe he needs somebody to coach defense in the ball game. (laughs) So I mean, you know, I I don't know. But Gary, think about it. You've been Gary, you've been calling for it that we're not recruiting defensive players well enough. And let me have a here. Let let me throw this bit in for you, Gary. I talked to three players right now that are on the team. I Gary, I swear to you, I swear to you, I swear to God to you. I'm talking on, on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, Gary, I, if I if I was able to talk to you off air, I'd tell you something, man. But I don't want to say it on air because I don't know who's listening. I just had to get one of the one of the dudes who we're going to be depending on greatly next year out of trouble because he paid someone to do a design on his clothes, like kid kid stuff. And the person that he paid to do the design on his clothes didn't do the design and, and kept his money. So the player wanted to go in person's butt. He called me, asked me, "Hey, yo, Dex, what should I do?" I said, "Don't, don't worry about it. Give me his number. I'll take care of it for you." I went. He gave me the number. I called the guy. I went down to the flea market in, in 79th Street in Miami. I went over there. I found the guy. I talked to him. I told him who the kid was. I asked him, "Anyway, we can settle this?" He said, "Yeah, give me seventy-five dollars, man, because he didn't pay me all of the money, which is he didn't tell me that he didn't pay him all of the money." So I paid him seventy-five dollars. I got, I, I got the design that he wanted for the clothes. Squashed it for him, but this kid—I I, just—I just threw the story out to you uh, for you. But this kid, Gary, tells me all the time that none of the players, Gary, I swear to you, what I'm about to tell you, this kid tells me this. He says none of the players like playing for Mark Denarfio. He says none of them like him. He said it's to the point, Gary, where the players talk amongst themselves and they say, "Yo, man, forget this. Let's just kiss his butt and do what we got to do because our future is in his hands. We can't go against him because then he'll bench us." And then if he benches us, then we can't get to the NFL, blah, 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 transfer, we got to sit out of here. They said that they're just like really just being phony with this guy because they he, they feel like he doesn't like them and they don't like him. Mm-hmm. That's exactly well, Gary. Word for, Gary I've lined I, up Gary, with I you, man. Uh, I've, I've been saying they need to start from scratch on the defensive side of the football. So, But anyway, man, that's just those are right, the tidbits I have for you, man. Couple tidbits I have for you, man. I'll give you a call next week with some new information. Yeah. All right. After the full game, yeah, we're, we're going to take a couple weeks off here and give everybody a chance to kind of recharge their battery. We'll be, we'll come back after the bowl game and see what happens there and talk more. Well, all right. Well, what I'll do, Gary. Well, what I'll do in the meantime is I'll post on the Dex Meal on your message board when I hear something juicy. I'll post it for you. All right. So I know. Or you can email me at canesport at bellsouth dot net. Gotcha. Yeah, canesport at bellsouth dot net. All right, hey man, thank you as always for being part of the show. Yep. 
All right, guys. Well, you know, good show tonight. Lots of good calls. Um, you know, I, I think all we can do is see see what happens out there in, in Shreveport, and uh, then we'll kick that around um, after the bowl game. I'll post the time of the next show uh, beforehand on canesport.com, and uh, we'll send it out on Twitter as, as well. Um, I hope everybody has a great holiday season uh, with their families. Uh, look forward to Saturday night, the U documentary. Um, like I said, I'm halfway through it. I'm very impressed. I'm going to watch the other half right now, and I'll have a column um, up on the website tomorrow with a little review of what's coming on Saturday night on ESPN. Uh, so once again, happy holidays, everybody, and we'll talk to you after the bowl game. 